Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown and Velez. This is now episode 315. In this episode, we're going to debate whether or not the Giants should move on from Daniel Jones. Ravens versus Bills. Brock Purdy's MVP candidacy. If the Panthers made a mistake by drafting Bryce Young. And we're going to give our top 10 power rankings after week four. As you guys can see right now, Riv staring... Death stare into the camera. <laughs> I want to see how long I could do it. <laughs> and also, Mr. Dells, Delsy Dells, he's not here today he for the show. Durag Dells, poor guy's not feeling too well, brother. Hope you feel better. Wish you back soon, man. He's Lost feeling you. under the weather today. We're almost at 300 Patreon. Shout out to you guys for bringing that number up. When we get to 300, Delsy will wear a Durag on the pick um episode, on the Patreon oh, episode. God, that's going to be viral. Can't wait for I'll that. I'll be honest, Dells, your seat sucks. I just, just I don't know why you decided to sit there. I wanted honestly. to try a new a new view. You know, I wanted to see where, he always sits in my seat when I'm not here before. So I wanted to see how his view was. It's I was storage. when the table was different. The only reason why it looks good when he sits there is He's because he's six four. Yeah. We're here though. This guy's seat sucks. Like his chair is all fucked up. We're here though, you know. Now before we get started into the show. First off, make sure you guys like the podcast and subscribe. Absolutely. We have a lot of new people watching our videos, but the subscribers are not going up. So make sure you guys are subscribing if you're enjoying the content. Absolutely. Let's get right into it, man. Let's go. The Giants got dominated by the Seahawks Monday Night Football. Mm, we're getting right into this, huh? Daniel Jones wasn't good. Mm-hmm. What was the final score of the game? 24-3. 24-3. That was the final score. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Giants this season. 32nd in points per game. Last in efficiency. 32nd in yards per play. 31st in yards per game. 11 sacks on Daniel Jones. That was a record. Now, 10 sacks on Daniel, one on Tyrod. It didn't stop once Daniel came out the game. 10 <laughs> sacks on Daniel Jones. Now listen. Drew over here is going to tell you, it's not Daniel Jones' fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. Don't get rude. Don't get rude. It's not his fault. It isn't his fault. But you know what? He ain't make the situation better. Ten sacks, and I felt like half of those sacks were on him. Well, you're better than this. I, I felt like on half him? of those sacks were on him. Oh they were on God. him. I, I have reasons listed off here of where Daniel Jones wasn't good. I could have filled up three pages of it, but I only filled up half you're a page. You're being rude. The Devon Witherspoon sack, sensational rookie. Shout out to the Seahawks because what they're doing over there in the draft is different. It's next level. I think you mean shout out to the Broncos. For trading for, for Russell Wilson? For giving, no, 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 no. For the pick being so good that they can go and get Spoon with number five overall. Yeah, because Russell Wilson was bad last year. Ah, now yeah. he's amazing Shout out to year. Russell Wilson. <sighs> Devon with a spoon sack. He came off the edge. Untouched. That is, yes, he was untouched because Daniel Jones failed to slide the offensive line and check his protections. He got blindsided. And if you look on the left side of the play, Wandell Robinson was wide open. If you have somebody hot coming off the edge, you need to know where your hots are. And Brian Dable had hots for Daniel Jones. He just didn't get the ball out fast enough. On the sack fumble, it was a play-action pass, and from the design of the play, the defense was going to have an unblocked defender going to Daniel Jones. DJ either has to check out of the look or turn his head around quickly and pass to the flat, which was open. He didn't either. And then we talk about bad processing with Daniel Jones. The interception. Devon Witherspoon literally said post-game, 
We know Daniel Jones likes to hit his first read. He hits his first read 75% of the time. Number one in the NFL. He read the route, picked it off, took it to the house. The score was 14-3 at the time in the red zone. Daniel Jones, Josh Allen Light, could have got the Giants back into the game. Devon Witherspoon picks it off, and Darren Waller was open for a touchdown if Daniel Jones hit him on the backside of the end zone. And then we, we look at another play where I saw Dan Orlovsky broke it down where there's a go route on the outside. It's a, it's a um an out route to Wondell Robinson. DJ has to read the leverage of the cornerback, which is Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen jumps the out to Wondell. Daniel Jones has time in the pocket, and he passes it to Wondell, and that could have been a pick six by Tariq, but he dropped the interception on the backside. The goal ball was open. Daniel Jones had time. He just didn't hit him. I think Brian Dable is still a very great play caller. I think he's doing his job. The offensive line is not good. The weapons we could say are not good. But Daniel Jones isn't making the situation better, and he got paid $40 million to not be an issue. If you're getting paid $40 million, you can't be part of the issue. You can name me all these issues with the Giants. He cannot be the issue. He can't be the issue. It's whack. Um... Very simple with me. Yesterday was horrendous. I was at the game, as a lot of you guys know. Um, I went with my girlfriend, went with my brother, his wife. Such a tragic day for your family. I went with a couple other friends. It was it was tough to sit there in that crowd and, and watch the Giants unfold the way that they did. Because like Joel mentioned, this game was in reach. The Giants had an opportunity to, to at least put points on the board and make this game competitive. The Giants' defense really did a, 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 a very solid job, let me say that, because when Geno Smith got injured, Drew Locke came in, they allowed Drew Locke and, and Noah Fan to connect on a, a long play, which, again, like I mentioned on uh, yesterday's episode of the Fantasy Reaction, I, I just can't stop being haunted by Seattle. The fact that Drew Locke, ex-Bronco, Noah Fant, ex-Bronco, go and connect on a play like that, and I watch it live. It, God just works in mysterious ways. Daniel Jones was not good yesterday. I'm not going to sit here and say he wasn't. He, he was bad. He was. Uh, but he was not the only member of that team that played poorly. And I'll say this. I don't disagree with a lot of what you said. Uh, he does need to be better at the line of scrimmage, adjusting protections, knowing what defenses he's going to be seeing, what defenses are being put out there while he's under center. But it becomes very erratic when your offensive line is the worst in the league. When you lead the league in pressures, when you are number two in sacks, pressures allowed, sacks allowed, I should say, it's very hard to be a competent NFL quarterback when you're constantly under duress. And then on top of it, there are no weapons that we're here and we're excited about. I was excited for Darren Waller coming into this season, no doubt about it. He's been overly disappointing. The whole Giants team has been overly disappointing. Let me say on the offensive front, because yesterday was the first time all season that we saw the defense really have themselves a great game. It could have been in due part to also Geno being banged up, and second-half script was really just hand the ball off to, to Kenny Walker, who had himself a, a great ball game. But all in all, I can understand your sentiment. It's hard to defend the Giants at all. It's hard to defend Daniel Jones. But what I will say is, when Saquon's in the lineup, and when Andrew Thomas is in the lineup, this offense is not worse than the league. Because what we saw yesterday was worse than the league bad. 
It was horrible. Ten sacks Daniel got got hit with, and then they took him out, and it didn't stop. Tyrod Taylor's also getting sacked. So maybe there's a little bit of truth to it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. The line and the pressure that they're feeling is just too, it's terrible. It's horrendous. But I don't expect better days to come this season. The Giants, I'm not looking at them, and I'm feeling good with Saquon, with Andrew. Hey, listen, I'm a man. And I, as, <laughs> as a man, what you have to do is accept responsibility for irresponsible opinions. I said it at the game yesterday, a defeated man who had a, a drink or two, and I still feel very the same as I did. Little Bud Light. Oh, okay. Calm shit. Uh, very easy. That takes stunk. In hindsight, the offensive line's horrendous. This team has regressed. Uh, without Andrew Thomas, without Saquon Barkley, we're looking at a G League team. Uh, the team is really, really that bad offensively. They wow. are uh, still a G League team. Uh, with the, absolutely not. That's wrong. Uh, and if they have Andrew Thomas and Saquon week one. I was just about to say that. They didn't score. Dallas is a great team. It was also raining. Defense was not good. Offense wasn't good. What are you going to do? Score. The but, game was immediately altered when uh, Graham Gano missed that, that kick. And yeah, that was actually, for a no shit had me. Vibes were just completely thrown off. Um, You know, the the duality of men here is hilarious. You have Joel, who completely just destroyed Daniel Jones and the Giants. And then you were kind of giving Daniel some leeway. And I understand it. You know, the team. This guy doesn't listen to me, man. No, I, I think the team is bad. I think. We kind of like, like there, we're, there was conversations in the offseason about this division. You know, the, the last year the division performed extremely well. You know, the Giants overachieved. Dallas and the Eagles did what they did. And the commanders were around where they were. And we were having conversations in the offseason like, how much better is this Giants team to the commanders, right? And now we're, you know, a month in, a month of some change in, and this Giants team has legit real problems. Like, they didn't make no improvements from last year to this year outside of the draft. I mean, they made moves. They didn't make any improvements. You know, Darren Waller was a move they made in the offseason. He has not improved their offense. You know, defensively, they got a young cornerback in the draft. But still, this defense has not performed well up into expectations. They didn't make it. This team has not evolved or got better. And with Dable, you know, doing what he did rookie year, you would expect this team to perform better than what they've done. You know, we're not asking him to go out there and beat Dallas. You know, we're not asking them to go out. Well, like me personally, I'm not asking him to go out there and beat these top teams. But I'm asking you to put up a fight. And the Giants, you know, even in that Cardinals game, you put up a fight for two quarters. The first quarter, you was getting your ass whipped by the Cardinals. You know, that's not something you thought you would see from this Giants team. Even in the Seahawks-Giants game, you thought the game would be a lot better. You thought the Giants would put up a bit more of a fight. You know, this offensive line is just atrocious. You know, they, they haven't drafted well. Their young players aren't playing good. Daniel Jones is just not that guy unless it's an extremely perfect situation he's not an uplifter and that's okay you know you don't have many of those in the league you know he's not a guy Stamen that can stinks, uplift Riff. his roster he can't he literally Stamen can't stinks. He, he won can't. a playoff game last year oh. situation wasn't perfect he won a playoff game against a team that wasn't very good defensively there was some open receivers and Dable was, Dable was the main was the situation culprit. perfect last year it was all right was it perfect no okay is a playoff game representative of uh, the player I mean, he played amazing in that game. We've seen quarterbacks play great in the playoffs and then like have that? not been that great. Like that? Nick Foles won Super Bowl MVP. And he was he pretty was, he great stunk, in that run. But he stunk after. He, he wasn't he was good. Good. He was only I guess good in Philly. He was only great in Philly. Look Come at his on, tenure man. in Philly. It's it's actually phenomenal. I think, yeah, it do was. We call, do we call Foles an uplifter over one moment or he will have to do consistently? I mean, do you not call him a Philly legend? Is he not a Philly legend in your eyes? 
Is Daniel Jones a Giants legend? No, that has nothing to do with anything. But Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he, won the, Tom he, Brady. Won whole, he went three and zero. Oh. He won the whole different. thing. Yeah, he won the whole thing. And that game against uh, what was it? Uh, the year after where Foles got injured and he had to play in the playoffs. I don't. McCown? I want to say it was the Saints. McCown? No, no, no. I want to say it was the Saints that uh, they threw that he threw the ball to Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey dropped it. And it got intercepted. Listen, he was good. He was was good for a time. And he beat the Bears too, didn't he? We beat off off a field goal. Yes. But he was the quarterback of that team. Looking at Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco had a moment, but I wouldn't say he's a great quarterback. You just just rattled off five games as opposed to Daniel Jones won. But that's the only moment we've seen of him in the playoffs. No, we've seen him versus the Eagles and he stunk. Oh, that's that's the only one I care about. I didn't acknowledge that. No, the one against the Eagles really, like... I mean, what are you talking about? Man. I let you pass. I was, was going to bring that game up. It was a mismatch. I mean, it's been a mismatch. They, they, it's been yeah, a mismatch they were, all they, year. They, they were the most overachieving team in NFL history. And that's last the season. problem. They didn't do any. They, they probably couldn't. They, they really couldn't do anything to move any needles to get this team to a great roster. I can disagree they, with they, you, man. They couldn't. But at the same time, like, I think un- overachieving was probably the worst thing they could have done. You know, it put them in a terrible position. Now you got to look at this team like. Daniel Jones made they, they like Caleb Williams is coming to the league. You got Drake May. You got a couple really good quarterbacks. You're starting to look at this draft like we might be in a position where we have to draft the guy. And we just gave this guy some money. I don't know. I don't know how far this Giants team go. I think this year they're not going to make the playoffs. I think we can all agree with that. Like it, this year is pretty much over. You got to retool, man. You got to retool and rebuild. And it starts with shipping some of these guys off. If you had to say, Riv, in your opinion, and Joel, of course, I pose this question to you. Open floor. Um, if you could just have to go one, two, three, list of Giants problems. Offensive line one. Okay. Receivers two, Daniel three. Okay. No, Daniel Jones is number two. Yeah, see, you just Daniel had Jones, to know. The, the receivers, the receivers are open. There's plenty this. of times where the receivers are open. Darren Waller was open for a touchdown. Daniel Jones missed him and threw a pick six. They been open That's Daniel year, Jones. Though. Brian Dable does an excellent job scheming up players open. That's why Daniel Jones throws to his first free 75 plus percent of the time because that's what that's the only that's thing all, he trusts. That's the all. That's all the time he has to get to. Come on, that's 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 ridiculous. What do no, you he mean? Doesn't. The, you can read the, you sack can read totals, the, field the pressures are Not, all. You maybe he doesn't to have see. that ability. When we when it comes to sacks and it comes to pressure rates, the offensive line, of course, they play a part in it. But the quarterback's pocket presence is a huge reason why they accumulate sacks. There's a reason why Sam Howell is number one in the NFL in sacks taken. Is the offensive line not good for the commanders? We know it's not good. But it's also because Sam Howell has some of the worst pocket presence in the NFL. Daniel Jones last season. He doesn't have least, bad pocket no, presence. He does, he, no, he Daniel Jones. Jones has bad pocket presence. It's always been bad. Last year, this is what happened. Last year, Brian Dable emphasized to Daniel Jones, if you don't like what you see, just take off and run. That's why he had 700 rushing yards. When he doesn't like the first read, he just takes off and runs. He doesn't scan the field. But he's a bad processor. He has a good, not great arm. And his accuracy is well, is his accuracy so let, forty million dollars? Let me ask you a question. No, let me ask you a question, Joe, because I understand that if if he may, do you not think maybe Dable is telling him if you don't like your first read, run off because his first read is not that good anyways. And if his first read isn't that good, number two and number three aren't that good either. No, I think that he's telling him to take off and run because he doesn't trust Daniel Jones. So it's not like a mixture of after. both because they do have a, a dog shit wide receiver. Brian, Brian Dable, the, we saw after Daniel Jones threw the pick six, Brian Dable goes to the sideline and he's no, a, he's, pissed he's, off. he's furious with him because he's telling him, look, at I'm designing this guy. Waller is open. Waller is here. You got to hit him. And Brian Dable 
from the way he talks about Danny Jones and oppressor, from that reaction, I can tell he's thinking to himself, it was a mistake paying him. We all know it was a mistake paying Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones should have been franchise tagged. And, of course, all the problems aren't on Daniel Jones. But can you say he's helping the issue? No. He's not helping the issue. I'm not going to say you're in lie to you. No. And, and not only that. Absolutely not. When you're getting paid that much money, you got to be somebody that uplifts. You're talking about these up these receivers uplifting Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones is a great quarterback, he's supposed to uplift these receivers. Did he not do he's that supposed last year? to make them better. Isaiah Hodgins. What did he do last year? He threw was... 15 passing touchdowns. Okay, well, forget about the touchdowns. That okay. was his breakout year. You can't you're just saying that. No, you can't. You can't. And no, but you can't forget about the rushing aspect of things yeah, as well. For sure, for sure. Like that's, that's that has where... nothing to do with the receivers, though. No, absolutely not. But again, he makes these guys better. Isaiah Hodgins came to the Giants after getting cut from the Buffalo Bills, and they were productive. Hey. Yes, the statistics don't bode well with Daniel Jones as a passer, right? Because people, just casual box score watchers, that's not you. I know that's not you. But again, what you can take away from it is limited, limited help at the skill positions, and he was still able to win ballgames. It doesn't take much to see if a quarterback is not cut up for being a top-level starter. Daniel Jones is a bottom-tier starter. Last year, he wasn't. He didn't show you that he could be a, mid? a, a, a very firm starter. Daniel Jones improved last year. He yes. wasn't a, He wasn't turnover-prone. That's the biggest thing, because that's been a knock on him his career. Mm-hmm. But this year, when we've seen him be turnover-prone, and you can say been half bad. of the interceptions mm-hmm. haven't been on him. Yep. Nonetheless, he has, what, six on the season yep. now? He already has one more interception than he did last year. We're talking about three of the four years we've seen Daniel Jones. He's been a turnover machine. So I'm not going to take that one year last year and say that's that's who Daniel Jones actually is. I'm going to take the three out of the four years and say that's Daniel Jones. But his best year is going to be like, ah, fuck it. See you later. <laughs> don't care about it. I don't care if you beat the, the number three seeded Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Number three seeded whatever. worst defense in the league. Uh, sure. Wasn't the Giants favorites that game? No. No, they weren't. It was a, a lot of people. Line, a though. lot of people had chosen the Giants to upset them because they didn't believe that. Uh, that you know, it, it's a good line when you have an upset and and the Giants were playing solid football going up into that point. Giants were definitely not. People definitely didn't shy away from choosing the Giants. That being said, on the road, first playoff game for Daniel Jones, he was fantastic. All I'm going to say is, I don't disagree with a lot of what you're saying. It's hard to defend Daniel. I'm not defending the Giants, not even at all. To the point where, again, I'm here proclaiming it's over. I, I don't, I don't see any bright spot for this team this season. However, I would like to see Daniel Jones in a situation where it is not absolute chaos and he's running for his life. I want to see him in a situation where he has trustworthy options. And right now, his two I best know where, players. I know where this is going? No, you saw my tweet. No, I didn't, but I kind of... Oh, the one, the one spot I can think of... No, no, is... but right up until this point, his two best offensive players have been injured, what, two, two of the four weeks? Mm-hmm. Where Andrew Thomas played week one, didn't play weeks two through four. Saquon Barkley has been injured these last couple of weeks. The offense looks horrendous without these two guys. And yes, I'm with you. I've definitely been positive towards Daniel Jones and you're getting paid X amount of dollars, you should be better than what you're putting forth. But with the limited help, and by limited, I'm being kind here, it's hard to be successful. Any quarterback's going to have it difficult in this situation to find success. But sure, Daniel should be better than what he's been so far this season, especially with the amount of money that he's making. 
However, I know a team that may need a quarterback. Atlanta. Arthur Smith, if he goes from Mariota to Ritter to Daniel Jones, should be fired. Why? Because Daniel Jones is average. He's below average. But with Drake London, you have Bijan. The offensive line Wait, why solid. Why should he be fired? I know that has nothing to do with him. Arthur Smith. Yeah. Why should? He why is be Arthur fired? Smith the one? If he fired? goes and gets Daniel Jones, but he's not. He's not he the GM. The he, it's not like I don't. They think have he, to work in cahoots. They're definitely working in cahoots. You think that's you, a that's a move that Arthur Smith co-signs? Yeah, but you but, have to as yeah, it's the quarterback. I, I don't think you could put Mariota to Ritter on him. That was kind of like a, no. It's like such yeah. a drastic difference between no, Mariota and Ritter to Daniel. Mariota. He had Ritter. He could have moved off from Ritter in the offseason, but he trusted him enough to go into the season with him as a quarterback. Mm. So if he goes from those two guys and then goes to Daniel Jones instead of actually getting a quality quarterback, because if Kirk Cousins is on the open market and Agreed. Daniel Jones is there, I'm not saying you're going to trade for Daniel Jones. Kirk was on some bullshit. But the, Minnesota's already said we're not trading Kirk, we're not trading Jeff. But he is going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. That's true. That's what I'm saying. And Daniel Jones' ceiling is an average NFL quarterback starter. That's his ceiling. Like it, Even if you think all the problems are not on him, you have to look at this from a from a logical team building perspective and say, well, how far can we get with Daniel Jones? And I look at a quarterback, I look at a team led by a quarterback and Daniel Jones that they can't get very far if they have him as a quarterback. They just can't. And I know we want to sympathize with Daniel Jones because situation last year. That, oh, get out of here. With a I don't terrible hear team. That. I don't want to hear that. Even if the weapons are perfect, you don't think they can Bro, get far? He, listen, maybe if he gets plopped Drake into the London, 49ers, Kyle Pitts. He's not better than Brock Smith, right Bijan, Tyler Algier. I heard you, bro. Yeah. Damn, bro, I'm, I'm really like that. Oh, you had your nails popped out. Bro, they're, they're cut. Oh, I'm You're just soft. You got cut it. Me. The 49ers. You know who's softer? Daniel. <sighs> the 49ers would not even want Daniel Jones in favor of Brock Purdy. Well, no Brock Purdy's better Purdy's than Brock, Daniel Jones. They here. shouldn't want to move off It took Brock you Purdy. long enough, but we're here. They shouldn't want to move off him. Also, yeah, he makes like $780,000. No, yeah, he makes nothing. <laughs> yes. He makes it's, nothing. He's arguably the biggest steal yeah. in the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, he is. He's also the best player in the world. So. <laughs> 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 the thing with the Giants and Daniel Jones, and really. The reason why I'm on you about it, Drew, so much, and I was I was uh, trolling you on Twitter, which is fine. <laughs> you want to you want to know why? This is the reason, Riv. Talk to me. I don't know if I think you were here for the NFC East preview, but when we went and we talked about the Giants, and I listed off, I definitely all, was here. Man. I listed off all the reasons why I think the Giants would regress. You don't believe in Daniel Jones. You you're just you're just not familiar with his game. You, you, oh <laughs> no, no! Gonna, I said you turned you switched on Daniel. You know you know to the, you know. I actually reached out to Big O Orlando. Shout out to him. He's a big pick, pick a side Probably supporter. Big. He keeps tracks of all our bets. Drew here was so confident in the Giants winning 10 games. We made a $100 wager on it. On? On the Giants winning 10 games. Mm. He was so confident in Daniel Jones. He said I respect we respect that. He was so Sorry, confident. Man. He was about to make a wager on Daniel Jones throwing 25 passing touchdowns. I said, I don't want shit. I, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> steal that money. I'm praying he gets to 15 again. <laughs> so my thing was last season, Daniel Jones breakout year. In the red zone, he was great. He was the number one quarterback in red zone efficiency. I thought it was going to regress coming into this year. It has regressed. He was 27th. Outside the red zone and EPA per play, which means 80 yards at football field, he was 27th. He had the lowest average up the target. It's easier to keep your turnovers low when you're not throwing the ball down the field. This year, when he's thrown the ball down the field, he's been turning the ball over. So for me, the Daniel Jones regression was going to happen. This team made no moves. And I kind of want to get into that because in 2023, Daniel Jones has a $47 million cap hit. $69 million dead cap. I'm sorry, this is 2024, not 2023. So 
next season because they have him for two years. Most of his money's coming from it. And after the last two, they can move off from him. I don't know how they move off from Daniel Jones unless they find a sucker like Atlanta to Nuts. eat up that, that money. I don't know how the Giants move off from Daniel Jones. And this is a take I've been having. The Giants making the playoffs last year was the worst-case scenario for the team. I understand it brought excitement to, to the fan base. I understand you guys had high expectations. But this was a 4-13 and football team in 2021. Brian Dable took that same team and brought them to the playoffs. So when I look at the job led he did. Led by Daniel Jones as well. Okay, whatever. It led by Daniel on, Jones. Led by Saquon Barkley. Why don't Agreed. you give credit Agreed. to the best offensive hey. player on the team? Led by Saquon, led by Andrew Thomas. Just talk about them. The truth is becoming very clear. I, I'm done. I'm done with the Daniel Jones. The truth is becoming very clear. He couldn't even DJ at a birthday party. I'm done with Daniel Jones. Boo. He's not that. He's Can not you boo him for that shit? <laughs> boo. I look, I look at the Giants, and that was the worst possible thing that could have happened to them because they were supposed to be in a rebuild year. This was they supposed to be the year. They didn't pick up Daniel Jones' fifth-year uh -huh. option, which means that they were they had intensive drafting a quarterback. They did. And, then and starting over, they had to pay him, but I think they caved in by paying him a multi-year deal. Only they should have just franchised tagged him. Yes, but years are big in the NFL. Two two bad years in a row could cost you your job. The Giants aren't close to winning a Super Bowl, so one extra year. You just got to figure at this point, they're going to try and stick out the, the one last year with Daniel. Then he's going to be a free agent. Then you could really start the rebuild for the Giants. The Giants right now, it, it's just not a great situation overall. You just hope Ready that the future... For, I think that if you are in a position where you can get Caleb, you get May, I'm I'm... Definitely on the side of those are the only two. The, maybe Michael Penix Jr. Correct, correct. And then uh, Bonix has looked great so far this season. Oh hell also. no! No, you're not a Bonix no, guy. No, I'm not. I'm okay. not interesting. Not a Bonix guy. All right. I mean, he really has looked solid so far this season. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I just look at the holes on this team. I understand that Brock Bowers is also going to be available in this draft. He's one of the the best tight end prospects that we've seen in recent recent memory. That's not Kyle Pitts. Uh, offensive line, you always could use some help there. If Daniel just, Jones is going to be on the roster, that I look at before Daniel. If Daniel Jones is going to be in the roster next year, you go offense, offense, offense. You don't even think about quarterback. Right. In the, my opinion, the, the defense they've tried to solidify it. I mean, they brought in a Bobby Okereke. Uh, they traded for for Isaiah Simmons. Get that man Marvin Harris. Bring Marvin they, Harris. They signed you go jersey. offense. So the quarterback you get after Daniel Jones has it's a ready. has it's a ready. situation. I like if if they have the chance to take Brock Bowers, that'd be very firm. The Giants, I don't think, are going to pick high enough to get Caleb or Drake May. I agree. They're going to have to shoot for maybe Marvin, Bring him maybe Ebuka from Ohio State, yep. who's also an, a phenomenal receiver, or Brock Bowers. That's the three. I know I've been shitting on Daniel Jones, and he deserves it because he's not good. But <laughs> I also want to say this. I don't have much trust in Joe Shane and Brian Dable. These have been their past two drafts. In 2022, they drafted Kayvon Thibodeau with the fifth overall pick. Kayvon Thibodeau Stop. is not is Stop. not a very good player. Stop. He's not. He had a good game this 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 past night, excuse me. And then against the Niners, he had a solid performance as well. He was just bad week one and week two. He has one of the lowest Everybody pressure rates amongst ed, amongst edge rushers in the NFL. I got you. I look at his draft class. Aiden Hutchinson is no doubt about or it better he went than over him. him. George Karloftis is no doubt about it better than no him. No doubt. We'll see. No doubt. Trayvon Walker is no doubt about it better, better than him. He's definitely had a good start to the season. And then I look at Jermaine Johnson, who was in that draft first round. Last year, Kayvon was better than Trayvon. Jermaine Johnson, I think, is better than, than Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau has not been impressive at all.
He had a nice tip, batted ball, almost was a pick six, did get a sack last game, did also have a sack against the Niners. He hasn't been a, a consistent winner at the line. That's, that's fair to say. Uh, but I'm definitely not looking at that as a bad pick. I will look at that as a bad pick. No, until the, next, the next player you are going to talk about <laughs> is a bad oh, pick. Yeah. Evan Neal at the seventh Correct. pick is a boss. Garbage. He's a boss. Oh, my God. He cannot, he cannot play. He cannot guard. He cannot do anything. He's a huge liability on the offensive line. But that's the other pick. Wondell Robinson in the second round. Wondell is okay. You know, I like him as a little gadget player, but Wondell Robinson was a reach on draft night, and the Giants took him. You look at the third round, Joshua Azudu on the offensive line. Has he played? I don't know. Has he played this year? Cordero fly at cornerback. I've seen him make some plays here or there, but is that a great pick? No. Daniel Bellinger. Solid He's been pick. solid, solid you know, pick. solid in the fourth round. Solid pick. Then you got Dane Belton, Micah McFadden, DJ Davidson, late, late round Marcus Let's not McKethin. Like yeah, okay, those are late rounders, whatever. McFadden's a good player. In 2023, the first round, they got Deontay Banks, who I actually like Deontay Banks. I like him. They also but got screwed out of JSN, Quentin, Jordan. JSN has been good. And Zay, back to back to back. But it's about asset management and filling out holes because – the Giants' biggest need coming into the offseason was offensive line and a wide receiver. They didn't address offensive line in free agency or through trade. They didn't, do, they didn't make any moves. In the second round, their big fix to the offensive line was drafting John Michael Schmitz, who could become a good player, but if that's your big fix in the offseason, that's not a smart move by a franchise just to think you're going to plop in a rookie and now your offensive line issues are fixed. Jalen Hyatt in the third round. Jalen Hyatt, to me... He's a speedster. He can threat the field. Uh, he can threat threaten the threaten field, the field vertically. vertically. Mm -hmm. But the route running, the physicality at the line, that's an issue. But I don't think he's been given much of an opportunity. Ultimately, I'm really judging the Giants, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, on the 2022 NFL draft, which hasn't been very good. And the lack of moves they made in the offseason to address obvious issues with the offensive line and the receiver. I'm with you. And this is the same 2022 draft that we just seen the Seattle Seahawks. They nailed it. They nailed it with tons of impact players in late rounds. So it's not impossible. And the Giants failed to do so. A lot of the Giants' best players, as much as New York Giants fans may not want to hear this, you have to give credit to Dave Gettleman. Lawrence, of course, Andrew Thomas, Saquon Barkley, whether you hate him or you like him or not, Daniel Jones. I, I mean, the top players on this team were given to you by Dave Gettleman. And since Joe Shane has come in, I'm not going to say I agree with you on the Kayvon Thibodeau one just yet. I, I still believe that he's a very good player. Evan Neal has been horrendous. Horrendous. And the fact that two off-seasons back-to-back – their big move to help Daniel Jones at skill positions was getting Darren Waller for a fourth rounder that they acquired in the Kadarius Tony trade that they took in the first round. It's hard to defend the moves that the Giants have made, absolutely, especially because we talk about how often when you have a young quarterback and they struggle, they struggle, they struggle, they finally get that elite wide receiver one, and then you start to see the production uptake. The fact that we never saw that with Daniel Jones it's irresponsible on the Giants' front office. You did not put him in a position to 
to have people fairly criticize his game. And yes, he does, hasn't done himself any favors to start this season. But last year, you, he should have given you... I mean, you, you had enough confidence to sign him for two years, $80 million. So why, would, why didn't you go out there and be more aggressive when DeAndre Hopkins become available? Because DeAndre Hopkins came out and said, yeah, I mean, I was willing to talk to anyone. The Giants didn't even pick up the phone. That's irresponsible. So I'm with you. Again, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and blindly defend Daniel. I still, I still think that he is a, a solid quarterback. I do think that. I think the situation's horrendous. I definitely look at the situation before I look at Daniel, but I'm not going to be oblivious. Daniel has not done himself any favors. The only place where I disagree with you is I think there are plays where Daniel Jones could be fairly criticized where the things around him are working well and he doesn't execute at a good but level. But that percentage is so much lower than in terms of how much more of the game we're seeing where he's put in situations that it's just a higher chance of failure. The Giants lost 24-3 versus the Seahawks. I thought if they had better quarterback play, they could have won the game. That that's how yes that's no. how that's how bad I think Daniel Jones played. We are gonna see where it's, your mind is just, on Daniel Jones. It's just easier. It's easier to blame Daniel. And I'm not saying your analysis is lazy. Clearly, it's not. You've done a great job in explaining your point. All I'm gonna say is it's very easy to blame Daniel when the statistics are what they are, when the score is what it is. But when you're in that pocket and you're constantly being pressured. It's so hard to calm the mind down. The game's mental before it is anything skill. And to calm yourself down in that moment and, and not be rattled, it's just extra that you have to worry about when you're, of course, you're processing. You're trying to go through your reads. You're trying to get the ball out. Be accurate. That's football. When you, when, agreed. Exactly. That's football. Agreed. But when it's just even more, or more heightened with Daniel's situation where he's the most pressured quarterback in the game, he's the second most sacked quarterback in the game, it's clearly taking a toll on on his on his production. Obviously, Tua, Tua in his first two, I would say his second year, really, the offensive line was one of the worst in the league. And people were saying that he's not a starting level quarterback. The receivers weren't good, and they were he, saying that he's, he's not a starting level quarterback. He's playing better than Daniel Jones is right now, and, and Daniel Jones has more than Tua had in his second year. I don't agree with that. Who was his best? Who was Tua's best? Waddle. 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 He had Waddle. Waddle. Even if it's rookie year, whatever you want to do. He had Waddle, Devontae, Mike Kosicki. Great quarterbacks make Waddle the situation better. Anybody That's what I'm saying. And, and year Waddle one, broke the record for rookie receptions. In year one, Justin Herbert had the worst-ranked offensive line and, and set records as a rookie. If Keenan you got Allen. it, you got it. Keenan Allen. That 14-3, that Giants in the red zone. There's no pressure in Daniel Jones' face. Rookie season, he throws a they pick don't six. talk about how Daniel Jones threw 24 touchdowns. Talk. He I mean, turned the ball over a shit ton. That's why. That's what they talk about undeservedly. He fumbled a bunch, twenty-four to twelve touchdown sign interceptions. He had a bunch of fumbles, but that, that was, was his rookie season. That was with rookies. That's again. I'm with you, Joel. But I look, agree. But I'm talking about he needs to be better. 14, but I just look at the team around him and just the the front office has failed him. Did the team around him was it the problem when he threw an interception to pick six down 14 to 3? The spoon, That's all him. But again, like I'm not I'm not here am I here saying that No, but I'm saying like I'm wondering. I, I, all those excuses you're giving him. He made no, the biggest error of the that's, game. That's not fair to me because I've been very critical of Daniel. I said that he wasn't good. I'm I if I haven't, please tell me. That pick six I'm being real. was an example of he had everything that you're saying you want him to have. He had all those things and still made a back-breaking mistake a in bad, the red zone. It was a horrible play. Even if he doesn't throw interception, 
you get a field goal. It's 14 to 6. It's a one possession Can game. Can I ask you a question, though? In that drive, before the interception, how did they get to that position? How did they lose that position? I, again, Joel, I'm here with you. I said the play was horrible. It was terrible to get down to that field. How did it get done? Primarily because of who? Because, because of Daniel. The offense was because running the, well. But the offense was well. But it started with Daniel running, extending We're plays. We're giving on him board. brownie points because no, he threw a no, pick six. All I'm saying is he's the offense. That's not. Oh, I'm not giving him. I'm not here defending. Is he not that giving him brownie points for that? Sounds I'm, like a low key. I'm here saying the throw was terrible. He threw a pick six. But to even get into that position, Daniel has to do legitimately everything for this offense to even have a chance. And then he threw the back-breaking pick. That was horrible. A rookie, would, Yeah, but he threw All that goes out he, the window when he threw that back. I agree. He, he threw I a back-breaking pick with an open touchdown. It was a bad TV. play. It was a really bad play. People only don't remember the uh, bad right. moment. You're yeah. right, but to get to that position, it was all Daniel. I tweeted it very... I said it immediately. But that was a, I, like one I of got, the first times it, it happened all I, night. I, agreed. So the all offense, night... But it, that's what it relies on. Oh, Daniel has to good. go into that moment. And then the one Agreed. time he was good, he erased it because he was bad. But the play calls Damn. also, it's just like you're you're trying to do so much in, in the flat, try and get your speedy guys out in space because these guys have no time. It, it's really, it, it wasn't the most amazing game plan. Yes, you look at moments throughout the, the game where he, he Daniel missed a guy or two from time from play to play. But the play calling was stale. We only saw one two throws over the middle of the field. It, it, why are you working so much towards the sideline? Trust that Daniel can hit those throws over the middle of the field or at least draw him up. And if he misses it and he fails, then that's it. But your, your, your play calling yesterday was so predictable. I think Daniel Jones is just a predictable quarterback. And Devon Witherspoon, after was, the game, a dog. told, told the did. world that. Told the world, I knew where he was going with the ball. It was a great That's play. a rookie against a... What year is Daniel Jones? This is his fifth year? This is five, yeah. And that rookie televised him. He read Daniel Jones like a book? That's a children's book if he read him that fast. Come on, man. We're going to see where you're at with Daniel Jones. Would you rather Mm. Daniel Jones edition? First name up is Sam Howell. Daniel Jones. This is actually tough. I'd go Danny. I'm going with Daniel Jones. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Not thinking twice. About I'm going with Brock Purdy. Brock has been pretty damn great this season. He's been better this season for he's sure. Better last year too. And he for that contract, he's been probably the biggest steal in football. So Brock, you have to lean Brock right now. I like that. Baker Mayfield. I'm going with Daniel Jones. I'm going with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he's had more seasons at the NFL level where he's been good than Daniel Jones. Interesting. And he's. Off to a hot start That's right a, now, three and one. Right now, I'd probably go Baker. Baker's right, listen, better. that Eagles secondary, not great. Not he great looked like all. shit. Sure, yeah. he just beat the Saints. You saw three touchdowns against the Saints. Saints are not that good. The Saints, we could acknowledge they got a great defense. They do. They and do. Baker Mayfield did his. They have thing. a better secondary than us for sure. Derek Carr, Daniel Jones. I'm going with Derek Carr. Well, Derek Carr also has this AC joint injury that they, he could not push the ball down the field. Couldn't. Still would take Derek Carr. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> just being rude. <laughs> I'd go Daniel Jones. You're just being rude. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going with Daniel, Daniel Jones. I'll go Daniel Jones here. Mac Jones. I'd go Mac. I'll go Mac too. Uh, Mac is a better quarterback, I feel like. Uh, I like, I mean, listen, that's another guy that I feel like we give a pass for 
not doing much really it's these really last couple of seasons. I'm crying. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't he have the same? I don't have weapons. No, the offensive line's not nearly as bad. But yeah, he oh, yeah. definitely doesn't have weapons. That's tough. Can I say toss up? No, you oh. can say toss up if you like to. That, that one is pretty close. I feel like Matt gets so underrated, but he does. You're right, man. Don't be a Dells. I'll go Daniel. Kenny Pickett. Oh, f- Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I'm going Daniel Jones. Last name Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's high was pretty high, man. I'm what going on Ryan Tannehill. 30 and, 30 and 10, something like that. That's tough. He had a top 10 most at this efficient point in time, ever. At this point in time, I'm going with Daniel. They both stay Because at right this now. point, you have Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if he'll get back to that 30 and 10, but I feel like Tannehill at his best. His offensive line is just, is so just, be- like That would be probably Daniel Jones' ceiling at this point in time as a passer. Like his absolute. That is all you could ask I'm gonna for. I'm going to still go Ryan. I'm gonna still go Ryan. Not all you can Tana ask. Tannehill to Manhill. Unbelievable expectation for for this situation for Daniel Jones at least. Ravens or Bills, who has a better chance to dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs? So for this one, I actually put a good amount of respect on Kansas City. I said until I see it done, one of them beat Kansas City when it matters most. Well, remember uh, your famous line: Josh Allen walked off the field winning. He did walk off the field winning, and he didn't get another chance to to get it back. But then. Last we saw Josh Allen against the Bengals, that wasn't his finest moment. Against the, the Dolphins, he played a little bit too lackadaisical. I'm still talking about that playoff performance, not last Sunday, because he definitely was not lackadaisical. He brought his A game. But until I see it, until I see someone in the playoffs dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs, like even still, the Bengals caught them two years ago, but then the Chiefs bounced right back and, and won that game while Mahomes was on an injured ankle. The offense for the Kansas City Chiefs has probably been, of course, I'm using this word extremely lightly, the the most, let, let me say, what's the word? It's not, not as great as we've seen in, in Mahomes' time as a quarterback. This is probably the, the quote-unquote worst that it's looked, but even still, they've only lost once. Uh, that game against the Bears definitely was easy. That is the Bears. Uh, but against the Jets this past weekend, they didn't have a great performance. Josh Allen didn't we, either. We, Again, you're right. The Jets' defense has looked really solid, but Dak Prescott did light up the Jets. Was super Dak efficient. <laughs> Dak Pre- Dakota Rain Prescott. Um, I, I don't know I, about I, that. I acknowledge it. Uh, I won't. I won't either. Yeah. Uh, that being said, the defense has been great up until this point. We're talking about a top top ten unit, and now that Chris Jones is back, he's immediately put himself as again the leader of that defense. He is the best player on that unit, but Trent McDuffie, we have to give acknowledgement to Joel mentioned uh, George Karloff. This is name already. The defense has been excellent up until this point. And that is just kind of even the opposite of what you want. You expect from the Kansas City chiefs, but even still we're talking about in terms of yards per game, the chiefs offense is still number three in the league. The bills are the team that I'm looking at though. If I had to give an answer because the offense has been so high potent, uh, we talked about it on the, the Bleacher Report stream. But since that loss against the Jets, Josh Allen has been near perfect. 85.2 completion percentage, that's number one. 10 total touchdowns, that's number one. 125.8 passer rating, that's number one. They've destroyed teams. 123 to 33. The defense has been phenomenal. Uh, they made the Dolphins' defense uh, offense look the most regular that it has been. 
Uh, a touchdown did get called back. It would have been 28 points put on them, but the offense just destroyed all game long that it didn't even matter. It still would have been a double-digit loss or a double-digit win, excuse me, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Vaughn Miller will be coming back very soon. This team gets this scary. Week, hopefully. They do have the devastating loss of Trey White, him out for the season with a torn Achilles. That's terrible because he had looked fantastic early on in this season. That's definitely lost, but you mentioned it on our on our live reaction that the type of defense that the Buffalo Bills play, it, it hurts because of the presence that is Trey White, uh, but with the scheme, you hope and you can expect that it could still hover around the same of what it's been producing, but you lose a leader like that, Trey White, I'm still expecting it. The, the defense to take a hit with respect to the Ravens, with respect to how Lamar has looked, the defense has been fantastic. Even without this amazing pressure, the secondary with all the injuries that they've had to still be one of the best teams in the national football league. I, I still lean Buffalo because I feel like they're the more complete team in terms of passing, running the football and of course defense, but still until I see it, I'm not believing it. Uh, I've a, uh... These are two tough teams, man, because I think Baltimore wins a division. Upgrade. You know, I thought Lamar would be the MVP. But I also, you know. I'm to the Browns, bro. Huh? I thought the Browns were winning the division. No, I had them in the playoffs. Wild card. Mm, got it, got it, got it. Because Lamar, for him to win the MVP. He needed to win yeah. the division. I agree. Um, And then, of course, y'all know how I feel about Buffalo and Josh Allen, man. I think with these two teams, it's a, it's a different vibe. You know, I think if with the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, that's always going to be a high-powered offensive game. You know, I think no matter what those two defenses do, I think you just can't stop either one's offense. You know, Josh and Mahomes, they're just too fucking good. With Baltimore, though, they provide a different challenge on the defensive. I do think Baltimore has a better defense. You know, and I think in the playoffs, they'll be more, you know, aggressive, disciplined. They'll just be better prepared for um, the Chiefs. But I just don't think offensively they'll be able to keep up. You know, and I think that's that's the X factor for me. I think... When you look at quarterbacks, like when you look at Mahomes, he, he has a clear gap in the league over the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. We all know that he's number one. But when you want to stack up a quarterback next to him in terms of, okay, we're playing Mahomes in the playoffs. I need a guy to play at their best, be at his level. I think the only guy who can do it, because we haven't seen Herbert. Herbert probably has the talent to, but we haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. The only guy that's shown that he can play at that type of high level is is uh, Josh Allen? So when you have a guy like that, just on the disrespected offense, your boy. No, no, I, I know Joe Burrow can do it. But. No, Joe Burrow, but he hasn't shown it. Like we, we, he hasn't shown he can play damn near perfect. Like Josh Allen was perfect in a playoff game. He's not wrong. And I think with with Josh Allen doing that, like we mentioned before, he left off the field when in Mahomes went down in thirteen seconds. That's just shit you can't account for. Like that's just ridiculous. So you you got to put that in Lamar. Unfortunately, he hasn't had the same type of playoff games. You know, we're just specifically talking about these two teams. Lamar hasn't shown you that high-level, high-powered playoff games yet or that playoff moment, you know, and unfortunately he's been hurt back-to-back seasons where his teams could have won the division. He would have been in the playoffs. But I think with these two teams, comparing them to the Chiefs, it's tough because, like, Drew mentioned it. I have to see it. Like, I can just talk about it, talk about it all day. But until somebody actually does it, and the Bengals are the only one that – Tom Brady, of course, are the only ones that's actually beaten Mahomes in the playoffs. But then he mentioned it. They bounce right back. They get right back to the Super Bowl. So until somebody actually does it, it's hard for me to really create an argument. But if I had to lean a team right now, four weeks in, I think the Bills' defense has shown that they can shut teams down, even an elite offense in the bad teams. You know, they have that stinker against the Jets. But outside of that, you know, they pretty much handled Miami. And then their offense has been as great as ever – Allen looks like a great MVP, so I'll probably lean the Bills. The Ravens are awesome. 
Lamar Jackson had four touchdowns on number one defense in the league. Dog. Pain. Lamar Jackson, when you look at the passing yard numbers, they don't pop out the screen, but it's really about how he controls the game that's so impressive. Agreed. The Ravens were up 21-3 to at halftime. If they wanted to light up the score on the Browns, they could have if they wanted to. But they ran the clock out, and they didn't score the their fourth touchdown until five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Even though the Bengals were my team to win the AFC to begin a year, the Ravens were at 11-6. and six. I had the Ravens making the playoffs, and I was high on his new-look Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson and Tom Monken and the receiving weapons and the receiving threats. Last year, the Ravens weren't good in the red zone. This year, they're elite. They're unstoppable in the red zone, and that's because of the running game, the passing game of Lamar Jackson on the ground and what he can do. The defense for the Ravens is elite. The offense for them, they're getting better. They're, they haven't even fully clicked yet, and I still think they're one of the best teams in the league. But it has to be the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are the, I can say, we got to give respect to the Chiefs because they're number one. But today, if the season were to end today and you ask me who's the best AFC team, it's the Buffalo Bills. In their last three games, they outscored opponents 128 to, I mean, 123 to 33. Josh Allen, fourth highest grade against man coverage. He's had a perfect passer rating against, um, in play action. Mm -hmm. Now that the bills can finally run the football efficiently. And it's not just James Cook. James Cook has been a part of it, but it's Latavius Murray. It's Damian Harris with his carries. It's James Cook. They have a committee of running backs that do something well, a particular skill set well. And they have this combination and it works effortlessly. And Josh Allen, the game I've seen versus the dolphins was one of the best games I've seen of his career. Perfect passer rating, 320 yards, four touchdowns, 84% completion percentage. He had a plus 14 completion percentage over expectation, the best of his career, 69% success rate, the second highest of his career. And he was six for eight for 153 yards and three touchdowns on vertical routes. The 27 to 10 playoff loss against the Bengals was a bad loss. And there's no excuse in that. But the criticism Josh Allen got coming into the season was unfair. It was unwarranted. I agree. And I felt like it was made with straw man arguments. Even with the turnover concerns that Josh Allen provides, that he gives you, we were getting conversations about whether or not he was better with Brian Dable than with Ken Dorsey. I'm looking here. Josh Allen with Dable had 23 total turnovers in 2021. Josh Allen without Dable last year had 27 total turnovers. And from week nine onward, he played with the partially torn UCL. This guy was injured and just had four more turnovers without Dable than he did with Dable. Just the fumbles. That was the main It was issue. the fumbles. It was mainly the fumbles. Josh Allen still led the second best offense in the NFL on that injury. He was the MVP in the first half of the season. Right now, we're looking at Josh Allen. He's the he's number one in MVP odds. Even though I think Tua to this point has the better numbers, mm-hmm. Vegas is telling all of us Josh Allen is the favorite right now to win MVP. And I can't say I disagree because I think the game Josh Allen had versus the Dolphins was so great. I was this close to putting him number one. I think he has a couple more games like that, three, four games of that, where he plays at a high level. It doesn't have to be perfect, but plays at a high level. He's going to be front runner for MVP. And the Bills have the second best offense, the second best defense. They've went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs before. I've seen Allen play at a perfect level in the playoffs before. That's something I haven't seen from Lamar Jackson. As much as I want to believe in Lamar Jackson, 
in the playoffs, he has a 69 passer rating. I have to see it from Lamar Jackson before I can say the Ravens can be a team that can contend with the Chiefs and the Bills. And his next test, I'm sorry, I know this is your guy. I'll make this quick. His next test defensively, I'll throw respect to the Patriots at home, October 22nd. He does his thing against the Patriots almost every single time, it seems, outside of that, that one game that was in the snow. Essentially, they were playing on ice. After that, they play the Bucks. The Bengals, give them respect. They haven't looked great defensively this season. The Broncos are going to be a light show. And then I give respect to the Jets because that's the last time, of course, that was he week know, he one. He never really. But he, he, does, he doesn't have his best performances against the New York Jets, and that's a credit to the Jets' defense and how great that they are. But for a good span of, let's say, six more weeks, he's going to be dominant. Statistically, he's going to be at that top of the food chain. Josh Allen will continue to be at that top of the at least top two in the MVP odds. The Buffalo Bills have overly impressed. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about that later in the, the power rankings. But this was a statement game against Miami because we spoke about it on the live reaction. They heard the noise. You know, the, the, the Dolphins just put up one of the most impressive offensive performances in the history of this game. They knew what they were, they were in for. And Buffalo answered the call. Yeah, they, it is a division game regardless of, of, of if you're a Dolphin supporter and you say, ah, it's an away game. Uh, it's a division game. They got us here. Our defense is not that good. You got to get out, go out, out there and execute. End of the day, Josh Allen, the defense did an unbelievable job. Stephon Diggs had his best game, arguably of his career, over a hundred three touchdowns. He, that, I mean, just the efficiency that he showed. Cause I put a random on him. I mean, that's what they have right now. Yeah, it was crazy. That's what they have right now. They're they're really they're, the Miami's defense really struggling right now. Xavier played in that game. He did, but he he took it. They're constantly moving. You're going to find the mismatch. That's exactly what they did. Uh, Kohu was on him, and that's yeah. that's, that's going to be all Xavier was a non-factor in the game. But the Chiefs really... Shit, Gabe had a good day, too. Gabe did yeah. have a solid day. Gabe's been pretty under the radar good this season so far. But, we knew. but the Chiefs... You're a year early, man. It's a shame. <laughs> um, the Chiefs' defense and offense, especially come playoff time, where they haven't looked the cleanest... The stats tell you otherwise. Again, like I said, from what I've from what I've watched, I don't feel like this could be that this isn't the ceiling of what we're watching the Kansas City Chiefs offense. No, be. it's not. With Eric Bieniemy gone, it's taking a little bit of a taking some time. Exactly, of just trying to to find some cohesiveness and some consistency in this offense. We see we see Rice week to week start to get a little bit more opportunity. Mahomes and him are finding a nice relationship. Kelsey's going to be Kelsey uh, again. The, the game against the Bears was their most dominant, but overall. It's kind of lacked consistency. I'm still in, I'm still going to anticipate and respect, give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll get it on track. Uh, but the defense, that's really what's impressing with Kansas City. If you give Mahomes a top eight, seven defensive unit, nine out of ten times you're going to lean with Mahomes. I mean, that's just how special he is, even regardless of the supporting cast, even if the receivers aren't the best. But honestly, look for this team to to be active on the trade deadline and potentially be one of those guys to to add a receiver. But still, I feel confident. I'm with you. You made some great points. The defense has been phenomenal. Josh Allen's playing arguably the best football of his career. But you got to see him tested against a real defense outside of the Jets, and that's not going to come for some time. You still trust Josh, though. But from the last time we saw Josh against an elite defense, he didn't look the best. But that's just the Jets. We give them that credit. The Bills shut down the Dolphins' offense. They did a they the, did a very the, the good Bills job. Bills defense 
has gotten a turnover in every single game they've played so far. Granted, Tua could have had three picks in the game. Yeah, one. Com, granted, Commanders, Raiders, ah, whatever, and then Zach Wilson, yeah, whatever. But like to do that, yeah, the matchups weren't. Yes, but they, the, the Bills' defense, otherwise. I feel like does like they've also taken that the chip on their shoulder. They feel like they've been getting disrespected because once again, the Bengals game was a game that not only did Josh get slacked for, that defense got slacked for, and for the fact that it was so predictable. And I feel like this defense has taken that. And plus, no Vaughn Miller, you know, missing your best player on defense. Now you're going to miss White. But they've taken that chip on their shoulder. They, they look like they're more aggressive. They've been really good in coverage, too, and in zone. It, guys pretty much know where they're going to be. And they've been covering guys pretty good. And that's what you like to see from this team. And you rattled off the teams they're going to play. They're not going to play anybody too crazy. I think we can give a little bit more respect to Tampa Bay because they've been winning, but for the most part, nobody on the Bills level. You know, no, no, no team on the Bills level. Rest of the season schedule just so we can have conversation. Jaguars, Giants, Patriots, Buccaneers, Bengals, Broncos, Jets, Eagles. Good game here. Chiefs. These three games are the test for, for that team as a whole. Uh, I say the Jets out of respect for their defense. Eagles, because, of course, we respect and acknowledge them as one of the best teams in the game. The Chiefs. And then the Cowboys. These That that four games right Where's here. Where's Kansas? The last year, in the Kansas, Bills beat in Kansas, Kansas, Kansas They did. They did. But, again, the, the last we saw of the Bills in the playoffs. Nuts. Underwhelming. Uh, but this year, let's leave the past in the past. This year, what the Bills are doing has been nothing short of amazing. I mean. So, do you think the Bills are going to, are they favorites to win the AFC East right now? They were never not favorites to me. There was a point, obviously, where last week they dropped 70 points. I'm sure people felt very confident that the Dolphins could win. I still feel the Dolphins can win the division. Will they, though? Do you think they I will? still feel the Dolphins will win the division. But but that doesn't take away from how great the Buffalo Bills have been and will be. We talked about two of the best teams in the AFC. We're going to shift to the NFC and talk about a player on the best team in the NFC right now. Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. You've been waiting, man. It's putting up exceptional numbers. It's regular shit to me at this point. And the question is, should he be, should he deserve to be in the MVP conversation? If this was Mahomes. If this was Josh Allen. If this was Herbert putting up these numbers. The Tua. He ain't putting up these numbers. He is putting up the numbers. He is. And that he's he second in, in MVP odds. So, Riv, should Brock Purdy be in the MVP discussion? Should he be there? I just think it's funny, you know, shout out to my boy, Mr. Irrelevant, because he's now one of the most relevant people in the world. And I think for him, you know, being so humble in the way he goes about his uh, post game, his press games, you know, talk about when guys disrespect him. He just, I respect that player. You know, I can't wait to play him. You know, he just comes with this humble beast type of vibe and the way the locker room just follows their leader. You know, you, you like what you see from a young player who, once again, we all like, you know, we all forget this is year two. Last year was his rookie year. He didn't, and he only played about six, seven games. You know, and oh, once again, he's still undefeated. He has not lost an NFL football game yet. But I think he should definitely be in a conversation. You know, I think the numbers he like last week he went twenty-one for twenty-two. Was like he he had one incompletion. Like he's been, I don't want to say flawless because you know against the Rams he wasn't great. You know he was solid, but he wasn't great. You know against the Steelers he was fucking amazing against the Steelers. But I, I, I think he definitely deserves to be in a conversation. You know, his completion percent has been good. He's going to throw the touchdowns like I mentioned. The team is winning. They're undefeated. You know, and shout out to CMC because I don't want to take away from what CMC is doing. He's been their best offensive player, of course. He's he's the leader of the show. But I want to put Brock Purdy in that conversation because 
people always love to use the Shanahan and he has weapons. But a lot of guys, if you put them that if you put them in that position, they won't be putting up the same numbers. They won't be getting the same results. I mean, I don't like Tua has Mike McDaniels, he has Waddle, he has Tyreek. He still has to go out there and, and make those throws. He still has to go out there and execute the game plan. And I think Purdy is doing exactly what Shanahan is doing. And sometimes there's going to be situations where a quarterback does what the what the coach doesn't want to do, and Shanahan doesn't like that. And Purdy's pretty much the perfect quarterback for that. And I think the numbers he's like he's gonna throw thirty touchdowns and have a bunch of yards. He's gonna be efficient. They're gonna run the offense at an elite rate. He's gonna make the right read. He's not gonna turn over the ball that much. They're gonna win games. Like this is gonna be a well oiled machine. This is gonna be a machine that's going to run behind Brock Purdy. And I don't think you can leave him out the conversation just because he has an elite coach, an elite weapon, because at the end of the day, you still have to execute and you still have to play the football game and you still have to make plays. I don't think there's going to be situations where, you know, he's going to be in a position where he has to make, you know, these clutch plays that you think of, because most of the time, let's be realistic, the Niners are going to be up big in a lot of games and they're going to win games by a good amount Not of points. this Sunday. Well, yeah, this Sunday is one of those tests that can catapult Brock Purdy really into that MVP discussion. If he plays great against Dallas, you know, if he goes out there and puts on a show, this could be one of those things where it's like, all right, now we can kind of take the blanket off Brock Purdy, put him in that conversation. But he has the numbers. He has the record. That's all that shit matters. But, of course, there's going to be people that hate. There's going to be people that doubt him. But he's been undefeated since last year. You know, He's been great since last year. I think, in my opinion, he deserves to be in the at least – at minimum, in the conversation. Hasn't thrown an interception. Five touchdowns on the season. Number one in passer rating. Number three in completion percentage. Number five in adjusted completion percentage. Brock Purdy has been pretty damn great so far to start this season. Hasn't lost either. That's also going to help you in that conversation. That being said, I don't think that he is the most valuable player on his team. He's been amazing. You're the quarterback. You get praise. Absolutely, you deserve that. For the story that is Brock Purdy, he's been nothing short of unbelievable. CMC's number one in rushing yards by almost 100 yards. He's number two in receiving yards only to Josh Jacobs. Tied for most rushing touchdowns, obviously the most touchdowns at the running back position. He has been the offense. And that was highlighted against Arizona where they essentially just said, here you go, Christian McCaffrey, whether it's rushing the football, whether it's receiving you are going to be the guy that wins us this football game, and that's not a slight to Ayuk either because he deserves acknowledgement He's and respect. top five in yards right now. Ayuk has been one of the highest-graded receivers this season too, and I give you your credit there, Joel. You were very uh, insistent that this is the number one receiving option on this team. Brandon Ayuk has been amazing, and that's also in due part to the connection that Brock Purdy and him have. But the safety blanket that is Christian McCaffrey arguably is the greatest I've ever seen. You have LaDamian Tomlinson, Derrick Henry, we can call him a safety blanket Le'Veon because Bell. he's just the offense. Le'Veon Bell's another great ex, another answer. Todd Gurley, his couple of seasons with the Rams. To me, I don't know if there's another better than McCaffrey because of how elite, how efficient he is as a rusher, how elite, how efficient he is as a receiving back. The yards after, after contact, he is unbelievable in all regards at the running back position, in my opinion. I think the only running back I can say that is truly better than him in my lifetime, Adrian Peterson. Derrick Henry has to be in that conversation because he's a one-man offense and was able to win. They were able to win multiple playoff games off of him and his ability to rush the football. He deserves to be in this conversation, no doubt. 
but for the versatility that Christian McCaffrey shows. He's one of the most versatile backs this game's ever seen. And you put him in a Shanahan offense, it's going to be magic. He was already magic in Carolina. He already showed you he can put up a thousand, a thousand in one season. With with Shanahan, with the 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 supporting cast around him as well, he's going to be nothing but amazing. And this is my early favor as we stand right now at the end of week four to be the offensive player of the year. So much of that offense is centered around Chris, Christian McCaffrey and how amazing he is in both regards as a rusher and a receiving back. But let's not take away anything from what Purdy's done. He's been incredible. What does MVP stand for? Most valuable player. Most valuable player. It's hard for me, despite the numbers, to put somebody in the most valuable player conversation when they're not even a top five player on their team. Christian McCaffrey's better. Trent Williams is better. Brandon Ayuk is better. Fred Warner is better. Nick Bose is better. Those are all better. He's not even a top five player on his team. How is he it's most valuable wrong. player? Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk's no, no. been Kittle. a top 10 receiver in the league. I wonder fucking why. Mm, you, you, think, you think Ayuk why, is a great buddy. receiver because of Brock Purdy? How does, how does a receiver get the ball? Last season, Ayuk's season changed once Brock Purdy was in do? there. Like, when is a receiver? Ayuk's, Ayuk's great. I'm not saying that. that I'm not saying that Purdy made him. Brock Purdy made Ayuk. He's. I don't I know if he's saying. I know but he I'm heightened no. Ayuk is maybe what he's saying. I'm, all I'm saying is to say Ayuk's more valuable than Purdy. I don't. I don't think I can agree with that. Yes, he's more valuable valuable than Purdy. I don't. One hundred percent, he's I, more val. Yes, he is more valuable than Purdy. He's better than Purdy at his respective position. When we when we talk about what does that even mean? Brandon, I know, I, that's so hard. Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, one of the hardest positions in the league. Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, comparatively at his position is better than Brock Purdy I mean, is at his. Okay, one guy. Okay, that doesn't matter. He's playing quarterback, bro. Quarterback is a harder position than wide receiver. Like, you can't even compare them. I'm, I'm with. Riv so I'm there. looking. I'm looking at this. Make other points because he's not. E- he's not even a well, top five player. Is he a top five player on the team? So you think yes, Brock Purdy think as a player is better is than Brandon Ayuk? I think as a quarterback, he's a top five player. In and team. he's not wrong in that opinion. I think he's yes. not. I'm not going to say yes. he is. He is wrong, but he can have He's it. a quarterback. He's been unbelievable. He's the guy. He, can, Yo, he can have that opinion. Uh, it's still wait, wrong. Who's the five? You said I. So, D, so Jimmy Garoppolo, when he was with the Niners, he was better than Debo Samuel. Just as a player. Debo Samuel. Debo the, Samuel? All right, here's the issue. Here's the issue with the this. The year that Debo Samuel had 14, 1,500 all-purpose yards. Here's the issue Who's with better? this. Who's oh, better? Debo. 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 The issue with this is we but saw Jimmy G play quarterback. We saw multiple seasons. Purdy's of Jimmy. better than Jimmy G. That's why Jimmy we Garoppolo was top five I in know. efficiency and had all Can the I great stats. My statement? I want to finish the statement because essentially it goes hand in hand with this. He was amazing last year. Jimmy G was one of the more underrated when it came to statistics last season. You're 100 right in terms of efficiency. His touchdown interception. He was fantastic. He got injured. Brock came in. The issue with Jimmy is that we had multiple years with Jimmy. We saw Jimmy have his lows, and they were pretty fucking low. But in the regular season, he was high. He okay. don't even finish no, regular season. But uh, that let season... Me, let me ask you, Drew. But my point with Brock, he's shown us nothing but good, really good, great. Let me ask you, Drew. When A.J. Brown was on the Titans, who was better, Tannehill or A.J. Brown? Damn. Tannehill was You know it's amazing. A.J. Brown. But Tannehill was 30 and 10. No, Tannehill was amazing. We know A.J. Brown... Was better, but John Smith know, had his best season as a Titan. Hey, that's because we know. And then Corey what Davis had his best season as a Titan. Yes, but it's not because of Tannehill. We understood but it was Tan- a system. But Tannehill, and when Arthur uh, Smith left, what was what has Tannehill been? Sure. I'm not going to disagree with you, but they took away all his players. So I'm looking at this. 
He's not a top five player on his team. And then how many quarterbacks am I taking Brock Purdy over? I've, I've, put, I've actually listed this off in three categories. The ones I'm not. Obvious. Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Lamar, Burrow, Lawrence, Hurts, Tua, Dak, Geno, that's 10. Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, CJ Stroud, I'm taking over Brock Purdy. Gino, Gino, with all due respect, at this point, from what we've seen from him so far this season, I thought he's. Yeah, I would say Gino. I think Gino. Obvious. I, I think Gino was a better quarterback than Brock Purdy. I would lean. I would still lean Gino, but I don't know if it's obvious. C.J. Stroud, fourteen. I'm. This is my okay, list. Okay, got it. Number fifteen, Kyler Murray. When healthy, no doubt. I'm taking over Brock okay, Purdy. Easy. Number sixteen, Anthony Richardson. I think C.J. Stroud and A. Rich are special. Okay. These are the. This is the category. Up in the air category, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr. I got Bryce Young in here, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, now, Jordan Russell, Love. Russell's obviously better he, than him. Before you finish your list, can I ask you a question, Drew? Yeah. If a player has 129 yards in his first game, mm-hmm. he has hundred. He has 43 yards in his second game, they still win. They won both games. Then he doesn't play the game, the third game. They still win that game. Then game four, he has a great game. He has 148. How is that player more valuable than the quarterback that's been great in three of those four games? Never said he's more valuable. I said he's a better player than him. I thought you said more valuable. You said he, more, no, we're talking about the most valuable If you player. take Brent Ayuk out this offense for the entire season, we will see a major regression. Wait, but, uh, wait better player doesn't equal most yes, valuable. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Wait, what did he just say? He said that if you took Ayuk off the team. Yes, he's the best receiving option on his team. He's always open. I guess it's not fair to talk about the Giants, even though the Giants did just put together a a solid defensive performance against uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Ayuk didn't play. The offense ran pretty damn smooth. I don't know about a regression. Against the Giants? Again, that's what I said. Come on. The Giants did their thing against Seattle. That being said... I don't. I still don't. How believe did in their Brock defense. Purdy play in that game? The first half, he damn near threw three interceptions but, on that drive. But then it very he Christian settled McCaffrey down tremendously. Was the one that was awesome. Brock Purdy settled. But down. that's also why you can't say that they were rushed tremendously because okay, they got CMC. Uh, yes, yes, but they will take a hit in the passing game for sure. The running game will still be there, but the hit Kittle with Brandon Ayuk in the passing Kittle game obviously will be there. Has shown that he can be an elite option. Debo Samuel has shown when he's healthy he can be an elite option. So. Question. So you strong. have Russell Wilson. You think Russell Wilson is better I, than Purdy? I think I would say yes. So according to you, in the ones that you're not taking Purdy over, we're up to 17 for you. Okay. I said up in the air, Mac Jones, Tannehill, Carr, Bryce Young, Jordan Love, Deshaun Watson, Russ. That's up in the air. I don't want to debate it. I don't care about it. The one, the ones I am 100% taking Brock Purdy over, Kenny Pickett, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Baker Mayfield, Ritter, Zach Wilson, Josh Dobbs. He's taking Purdy over these guys. Mm -hmm. If there are 16 quarterbacks that I'd rather have than Purdy, and there are seven to eight ones that are up in the air, and there are only really eight legit ones Mm -hmm. I'd have Purdy over, he's a bottom quarterback. How can can a quarterback that's not a top 10 quarterback in the league be an MVP? This doesn't even make sense. This, this is, this, once again, you're pushing the goalposts because you do it every time with Brock Purdy. You're moving the goalposts. The conversation is, who is the MVP right now? Not who would you rather take? Because it doesn't matter who would you rather take. Yeah, he's not an MVP. He's not not a top five. Out of those 15 guys you just named, how many of them are playing better than Purdy right now? Because it's not 15 of them. 
It's not 15. And that's a fact. It's not 15 of them. You're lying. You're moving the goalposts Riff, let to me make ask you. your argument. Is he wrong? Am let me I, ask you. Is there, no, answer the question answer first. Answer that question. Riff, let me ask you. Can you answer no, the question? Is there, is Brad, whose numbers oh, are better? No, whose numbers no, are better? No, no, no let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Statistically, no. Let me ask okay. you, Riff. Is okay. Brock Purdy? Is Brock Purdy in general? Geno Smith is not. He has Throw the statistics out the window. Geno Smith he on film been. is not playing better than Brock Purdy. What? That's a fact. On film this season, he's it's, right. He's not. Riff, Riff. Let me ask you. Something. Mac Jones? Are we serious right now? He I never said, said I said that was. I never said Mac Jones over Brock Purdy. That's in question. I said that's up in the air. That's definitely up in the air. Mac Jones in this offense will look awesome. What are we talking we about here? We don't know. That. Yes, we do. We yes, we do. Because Nick Mullins had high yardage games with the 49ers. We know. We know. Josh Dobson coming to this offense through the same shit. He had turnovers, too, though. He had turnovers. He had let, a lot let, me, of turnovers. let me ask you, Ray. Did Purdy turn the ball over? No. He, he hasn't turned the ball over. No, he, he has one fumble that was against the Steelers. Nick Mullins turned the yeah, ball over. Yeah. You, you talk about some yardage stuff. Riff, Riff, when, you watch, your st- your when you watch Brock Purdy, do you not see throws that are interceptable that the defenders don't catch? Are the they not bad throws? Mahomes, bro. Every, every Mahomes and Purdy. Every quarterback Mahomes has and Purdy. He had no, three on one drive alone. Every quarterback has that. That's your only argument. Brock Purdy has more than others. He gets lucky. He gets Purdy lucky every game. Mahomes had a year where he led the league and dropped turnovers. All right, yet so he gets lucky. Quarterbacks this season with more turnover-worthy plays than Brock Purdy. Right now, Brock Purdy's tied for eleventh. Desmond Name, Ritter ten, mm-hmm. Mac Jones ten, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones eight, Bryce mm-hmm. Bryce Young six, Lamar Jackson six, Jalen Hurts six, Josh mm-hmm. Allen six, Sam Howell six, Mahomes six, Justin Herbert six, Ryan Tannehill five, Brock Purdy five, tied with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. You said Josh Allen. I, there's you said Lamar Jackson. Like, come obvious. on, what are we doing Why? here? Why? Because the they're reason, taking shots. They're taking yeah, shots. they're taking shots. Brock, th- this now offense. Take shots. What do you mean? Brock that, does that's, take that's shots. He just doesn't hit him. He takes shots. He, take, he doesn't hit him. But when he, he very seldom is he asked that's to take shots. That's not the offense. That's not the offense. That isn't the, the offense. Yeah, the that's offense is quarterback friendly. They put they don't put a lot of play on the quarterback. But that's why Brock Purdy's having a success. Riv, now it's my turn to ask you some questions. Is Shanahan ever going to leave and Brock Purdy's tenure? Let me let me ask Riv this question. No, no, no. Drew, let me ask Riv this question. Statistically, because we told my stats. All you trying to, when it comes to Brock Purdy, you just want to use the stats. Fair. You just want to use he the numbers. He also said no, 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 in no. terms of, of uh, how they look that he's looked oh, better Dad, than a lot. I, That's what he said. Come on. That's what he said. Come on. And I'm here defending Riv because I'm come with on. him here. Come Brock Purdy's been amazing. I didn't even name the top guys. I, I just said the, the, the middle pack guys you would try to name, which is fucking insane to Who's me. Who's better on film, CJ Shot or, or Brock Purdy? CJ, 100%. Who has better stats? Brock Purdy. Does okay. he? CJ's does not he? winning. Brock it's, Purdy does have better CJ, stats than him. CJ's not I winning. CJ has more yards, passing Brock, yards. But Brock Purdy's nah, first in QBR and first in passer rating. Advanced stats and all that. So, okay, so he's first in EPA per play. So let me ask you, Riff. Whose stats are better? Brock Purdy or Mahomes? Off the top of my head, I probably it's, I it's No, Brock has... Brock. Whose stats are better? Mahomes Brock Purdy or Lamar better. Jackson? If you take rushing into account, Lamar probably. Yeah. Who, no, but listen, the, all these answers are Brock Purdy. Can we stop Brock with this EPA who, and passer rating that no, no, automatically no. makes what do you mean? him locked Number in one better? QBR, number one passer. I'm not saying who's better. I'm saying whose stats have been better. Brock Purdy or Jalen Hurts, whose stats have been better? Brock Purdy. Who's playing better? Out of him and Jalen fucking Hurts? You answer that question. I think you Jalen answer. Hurts is playing better than him. Jalen Hurts has been pretty, pretty good. He's been pretty good. 
Outside of last week, I know I watch every Eagles game to a T. Outside of last week, which was Hurts' real big offensive he breakout against the Commanders, he, he's been all right. He's been all right. He has not been this MVP. Like when we're undefeated, you have not heard a single name put Hurts in that conversation. I'll tell you what, why? Because he has not been that Brock good. Purdy was all right against the Giants and the Rams. The Giants wasn't didn't have to do much, so he didn't so do anything. The Rams, he was all right for sure. He had an opportunity to have an unbelievable game. Who's a, who, who got better numbers, Trevor Lawrence or Brock Purdy? Brock. Brock. Who's but, playing better? But Trevor, Trevor has bad drops also. Like Trevor, not, but Trevor Lawrence is playing good. But that's not. It's not a credit to like he's not playing bad. It's just a receiver. No, but who's though. playing better though? Trevor Lawrence or Brock Purdy? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence playing better. But who got the overwhelmingly better stats? Was it, what you're what you're not forgetting, and this is why you keep moving the goalposts. And not moving the goalposts because you're not using no, 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 stats. No, look, look, look. That's no, not no, true. No, not using stats not because true. one of them are, one of them is four. No, hasn't lost a single game, and the other isn't even the number one in their whack ass division. You're not adding that. You're just talking about. I didn't say. What are you talking about? Who who's not number one in their division? He's talking about the Jaguars. Jaguars. So because the Jaguars are number love, one in their division, I don't love this argument, Brock right. Purdy's playing better than Trevor no, Lawrence. No, that's just, not what I'm So what are you telling you? Are we talking no, about strictly no, MVP no, no, no. conversation? That's what the conversation that is. is. He's just talking about that's strictly not MVP. The conversation? But this is the thing, Drew. That's our conversation. This is the thing. This is the thing. The 49ers are not winning because Brock Purdy is that nice. They're winning because they have a Pro Bowl roster on. But they have the, a Pro that, Bowl roster. That's the same roster. thing with the Eagles. Exist. That's the same thing with the Eagles. We literally had. 49ers roster is better than Eagles. Is better but than this is my point. Last, it, is it, it doesn't matter what, who's better. better. Last year, we had a Pro Bowl offensive line. We had two Pro Bowl wide receivers. We had a Pro Bowl quarterback, and we had Pro Bowl defensive player of the years. Who's defensive players? Jalen Hurts was still, by far, in the MVP conversation and finished top two. Why? Not because we had Pro Bowl players. No, because he was playing exceptional. You can still, you can still give credit to a quarterback just because he has Pro Bowl players. You are just moving the goalposts because you do not like you do not like Brock Purdy. You just tried to That's tell me true. a receiver is more valuable than him. That's, That's the true. only reason I had a gripe. If you said CMC, I wouldn't care. You said Trent Williams. That's fine. He's one of the Nick best. Nick Bosa, Fred the Warner. They're more valuable than Brock. And Purdy. I didn't get mad at he, them. You know, he I only got I didn't mad get at, mad at <laughs> Nick Bosa. He's a fuck. He's a DPOY. I don't care about Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the game. Right now, you got a top ten receiver in the league right now. That's debatable. That's debatable. Right now, even if it is debatable, what you can do. But you know what's the problem with that conversation? Because just like how you can you say you can plug out Brock Purdy, put anybody in, you can plug in a top fifteen receiver, you still get the same result. You can probably arguably plug in a top twenty. You can plug in DJ fucking Moore, you still get the same result. So you cannot sit there not and knock Brock Purdy. But if you do the same exact thing, you take Brandon Ayuk out, you plug in another receiver, you probably get the same exact result. So how can his value, Brock Purdy's value, diminish but not Brandon Ayuk? You're insane. For I never thinking. said. You're I never insane. said Brandon Ayuk's value diminish. For I never said. No, no, no. You're insane and I never for said, thinking a wide receiver is more valuable than the quarterback right now. For that Drew, team, you're crazy. Drew, with the, with that you just made a good Drew, argument. But Jalen Hurts, yes, Pro Bowl caliber roster, whatever. Eagles had a stacked roster. They're amazing. He finished second in MVP voting. He didn't. He was a top MVP candidate to you, right? He, he would have won if he didn't okay. get injured, in my opinion. Where's Brock Purdy ranking your MVP candidacy? I don't have a number. But I think oh, he should be in the conversation. No, tell, tell me a number. number. Is he is he number one? All right, no. Riv, Riv. Is I'll, he number I'll, two? I'll, hold on. No, no. Let me. Let I'll me. List no, names. no. I'll let, names. No, let. I got. Let me it. Listen I got. I got it. All right. Listen names. Listen I got it. Is he number two? I'm at the table. Show me I know. I know you're at the table, but the this hell? is a debate between us. Um. No, he's not. He 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 would probably be like five or six. Can you list names? Just is he over Tua? Brock Purdy. No. And is he over Josh Allen? No. But Brock Purdy got better numbers though. 
So you're, why, you're going back. But I, see, this is enough why, this, with the efficiency because stats. This is, this is Josh why. Allen leads the league in total touchdowns. No, Josh but I already, Allen. I, their own interceptions. Though. I already, he has a high QBR. Outside of stats, he's just going to keep going back to the stats because he knows he's wrong in the situation. No, no. Let me ask you. He knows let, he let, is. No, let me ask. I never, I never said Brock Purdy should be one or two or three. I just said you can put him in a conversation. I even said you can put CMC over him. Let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. I said that, but only got only had a gripe, Joel, because you one, you put a receiver over him, and then two, and then two. And then two, you made a list of guys you said you would take over him as if that matters in a MVP conversation. That has nothing to do with Because if you're an MVP of the league, no, there should no, not be no, more than 12 quarterbacks but, I'll take over you. That, but just because you would be take over them for your team you doesn't mean what matters in four weeks. Into the league, you had, what, six, seven quarterbacks debatably over uh, Jalen Hurts? When? At the end of the yeah, season. but Jalen Hurts was still a top ten quarterback. I, I agree. Brock Purdy's not a top ten quarterback. But there's still a bunch. There was still a good amount of quarterbacks that you would have taken. So over we gonna we gonna stay on this point. So why is Josh Allen over Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation? Because he's been playing better with less. But Brock Purdy's four and zero. He's first in QBR. He's first in he's passer three. rating. Is that Josh all Allen you're is... going to keep? No, 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 no. Because yes, it, the, is. it is. The MVP case is numbers. But once the MVP it, case is numbers. It's not. Because okay, once yards, said it, touchdowns. Like, who's, ahead, who's ahead of, is Mahomes ahead of Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation? Once again. Right now, no. Once again. For I'm the, asking him. For the thousandth time, all I said was he needs to be in the conversation for MVP. That's all I said. Then I only not got bad. upset because you named a wide receiver over him as more valuable on his team. No, this, is, it. this is my whole point. No, it has, this no, is, your this point is my has whole point. What I'm no, saying. This is my point. You're your moving point, the goalposts. Riv just said to me, I don't like Brock Purdy. That's why I diminish the value he brings to okay. the team. That's what he said, right? For sure. So, so far we got Tua. You have ahead of Brock this Purdy is, in every conversation. Right, keep going. I want to hear Yeah, him. yeah, because okay. you have Josh Allen over him. Is Lamar Jackson ahead of, of Brock Purdy in MVP conversation? I would probably say yes. Mm. Is Justin Herbert ahead, ahead of if Justin mm. Herbert ahead of Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know. No, don't Is Patrick Mahomes ahead of Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation? In at the end of week four, ah, no. Respective Mahomes, but probably yes. not. Probably not. Mahomes is better. Is Christian Clears. McCaffrey ahead of Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation? Yes. yes. Is Tyree Kill ahead of Brock Purdy Tyree in the MVP Kill. conversation? He's been huge to the Dolphins' offense. Outside of week one and week two, he was—I mean, he was all right last week. I wouldn't put him over Brock. Week though. three, he was OD. Week yeah, three, he was yeah, OD. I, I week wouldn't two, put him he was Brock. okay. I wouldn't. Those week two and four, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't put him over. Brock. So here, here's my question to you, Riff. All these players that you have above Brock Purdy in the MVP conversation, four of them are quarterbacks. One is a running back. One is a running back. The no four, receiver. The four, outside of Tua, the four quarterbacks don't have the advanced numbers. As Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey, what's a more valuable position, running back or quarterback? Definitely quarterback. We've seen I'm just asking a question. Okay. What's a more valuable right. what's a more valuable position? Running back or quarterback? Add context. What's a more valuable position in that off in that system? Mm. Add that. Mm. So Add the same so the same way I've diminished Brock Purdy Who did I in diminish? his MVP cam- candidacy, you are diminishing Brock Purdy by saying a running back is more valuable that in this offense than a quarterback. Sense. Yes, you are. Because if, if Brock yo, Purdy, because if, if you're not, if you are truly not diminishing Brock Purdy's impact in this offense and the quarterback is the most valuable position in the NFL, in football, 
then you should have Brock Purdy higher in your MVP candidacy. If, if, but if quarterback is the most valuable position in your mind, you should have had him top five. You didn't even have him top five. All Am I, I wrong, Drew? All, all I said was, yes don't no. put a receiver over that's, him. That's exactly that's why. That's all I said. That's don't why put I a receiver wrong, over him. Because you Riv had is, CMC. CMC has been the most dominant offensive player in the league. That is fine. He's had an when you have historic like he's literally on pace to do something historic. When you have a historic like season, it's okay to put a guy in that conversation. Brandy Ayuk is not having a historic season, so for you to put him over was crazy. That's your why. Issue, that's why your issue. My this issue is, is a wide receiver. This is what you're not understanding. You're moving the goal. In the value in the value conversation, okay, you got me. Quarterback is more valuable than receiver. What I started off with, Drew, I said he's not even a top five player on his team. I thought you meant valuable also, too. But I said, but I started this off by saying he's not uh, he's not a top five player on his team. I mentioned the four obvious ones that you agreed with. I agree. And then I mentioned Brandon Ayuk. Mm -hmm. Comparatively to their respective positions. Oh my lord. Ayuk is ahead of Brock Purdy and the quarterback. Okay, so question. He is. Let's 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 dig into this loop. How much of a drop off is linebacker to quarterback in terms of positional value? Linebacker to quarterback. Yeah. Mm, the quarterback is the more quarterback of the defense. A, quor- a quarterback is by far more valuable. Okay, so how how is it in receiver too? How is it that you can say comparably Ayuk is ahead of his position when the drop off from wide receiver and quarterback of importance is so far in a way that you can't even compare their type of values. Brandon Ayuk may be a top 10. We're not even going to go into where he is. Let's just say he's top 10. He may be the mm. number 10th best receiver in the world, but kind. the drop off from receiver to quarterback is so low that the 20th best quarterback still might be more valuable than the 10th best receiver because that's how valuable the quarterback position is. So you can't even compare them. You can't. So why do you have Fred Warner over Brock Purdy as a better I said, player? Because, no, more valuable I, I, player, too. I, I, never, more valuable I, never even, player. I never even fully agree. I just said, if you want to say that because he's the best linebacker in the game, that's fine. You have a comfortable argument. You want to say Nick Bosa because he just won DPOI? He's one of the best defensive... Fine. I don't care about that. CMC... Historic season, fine. But you're going to talk about a guy who literally has to feed off a quarterback. Like, linebackers don't have to rely on a quarterback. Nick Bosa doesn't have to rely on Brock Purdy. CMC don't even have to rely on Brock Purdy. You're talking about a dude that literally has to rely on the quarterback is more valuable. That's crazy to me. Here's unless the difference. He's, unless he has 2,000 yards in a season, Here's or unless he's Reek or Tay or Jettas, then you got me. But he's not one of those guys. Who's a better player? He can player? miss a game and they'll win that who's game. He better, actually did it. Who's a better a player to you? CeeDee Lamb or Dak Prescott? Dak. Dak. What you that? think Dak Prescott's a better player? They're, they're, yeah. they're, who's a, who's a better player to you, Tua or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek. Tyreek Hill. How? If quarterback's more valuable. Uh, what I, I just said. He offers versatility. Uh, no, what I just I just The said. difference is this, is that Brandon Ayuk can uh, go to... I'm hearing Joel. Brandon Ayuk can go to any situation, almost any situation, and start and be their best receiver on the team. Brock Almost Purdy can't start on half the teams in the league. He can't. But but may I ask you a question? If Ayuk leaves this team, what's the what's the value in the drop off? Like if you plug it, can you plug in somebody like you say with Brock Purdy? If you plug in any quarterback, he can do fine because it's a Shannon offense. Fine, whatever. If you plug in any type of receiver like Brandon Ayuk, would they be fine in the offense? Is no no. I don't want to guess or no. This is the this is the thing. Any if he is in the tier of Brandon Ayuk. So if you're telling me Devontae Smith is being propped up into the offense, CeeDee Lamb, um, T. Higgins, a great receiver. 
Then, dude, if you put Puka Nakua in this fucking offense, what is he going to do, bro? What are we like? Why? Why? What are like, we talking what are we, about? What are, what are we, we actually what? talking about, bro? Puka like, Nakua. What are we doing, bro? Puka Nakua. Like, Puka Nakua. He's amazing. Like, Puka like, Nakua is doing? great within the Ram system, and what he's done is really And if you put him phenomenal. in a Shanahan offense, what is he going to do, bro? He doesn't have the same skill set as Brent Ayuk, What bro? is he going to do, he bro? He does No, 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 no. What he is he going to do? I still think Puka would be good. Okay, but hold up, hold up, Drew. But hold up, Drew. But hold up, Drew. Puka Nakua right now, he's at an all-time pace. Yeah. So we're talking about. You, so you're just talking about an all time wide no, no, no. receiver in this space. If you take him out of Sean McVay's system, grab him and put him in a CMC, Kittle, Debo, you get the Brock, Brock Purdy system, what is this he going to do? Thing, He's going to look even better. Just you're like not, CMC not, looks even better. It's, you're it not happens. putting Gabriel Davis in place of Brandon Ayuk and they're going to get to the same Brock Purdy is. Puka Nakua is not in the same tier as Ayuk, bro. That's true, but I think Puka is better than Gabe Davis. Drew, you're missing the disrespect. Look what he's saying about Brock Purdy. But there's a drop from Ayuk to Puka. There should be, at least. The difference is that with Brock Purdy, there are about 20 quarterbacks that come into the system, and there's not going to be a drop-off, like literally. Jimmy Garoppolo right now is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and when he was in the Shanahan system, was consistently top five in efficiency and had last year. great and had no. It was in his in 2019 also, as well. He also had a playoff game I mean, where he had 92 yards and did seven, seven yes, yards. He did, and they still yes, won the he game. did. But we're talking about the like, regular Purdy season. Never done is, that. is this is this an MVP conversation? No, this is not playoff this an MVP conversation. conversation. Why are you we're, moving we're, the goalposts? No, we're ultimately talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, who's one of the worst starting quarterbacks you in the what? league. Maybe. Top five, top five in efficiency. Hold on, let me finish my point. Jimmy Garoppolo, 2019, and in 2021, and also in 2022, before he got hurt and Brock Purdy played, he was a top quarterback in terms of efficiency. We've seen average, seen we've seen a below average quarterback be uber successful with the 49ers. Who's the below average? There, there Garoppolo, is a, he wasn't below average. average. Jimmy Garoppolo, he was always below average. No, you called him average. He was always below average. No. He was always below average. He just had great numbers. He was always below average. We always called him mid. Now we call him below average to fit the argument? He was always one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I wouldn't call him He was never one of the better ones. Or He was never ranked in the 13 to the 16th guys. He was not. There's a reason why Shanahan went and got an upgrade at receiver. There's a reason why he drafted Ayuk in the first round. There's a reason why he drafted Debo in the second round. They had Emmanuel Sanders and Kendrick Bourne as the starting receivers, no, they and help. they loaded up on the offense. Yeah, that wasn't a you, can, you, cannot, you cannot prop up. You cannot prop Debo in. Debo played in the Super Bowl, though. Am I wrong? He, he did. did. He did. You, Let it be known. He loves just quick, quick, quick thing. He loves to bring up Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins threw 13 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and 12 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. He loves to say yardage. This this is in a San Francisco. And he's not in the Brock league no Purdy more. He will never throw 10 interceptions in his life. He's, in his Nick life. Mullins is not I mean, even in the league no more. That's my point. In his life. But he still him. played at a average level with that's, Shanahan. That's average. That's not average. C.J. Beathard. Look at C.J. Beathard's last stand with the 49ers. They were 2-6. Perfect. They were 200 passer rating. Is Purdy rating. playing average right now? Purdy is playing statistically Amazing. He's playing statistically. Eyes. I test. He's not. Please. Yes. Please. Playing average. Mm. He's not playing exceptional. Mm. Can't just get a good. He's I wouldn't say. Average. I wouldn't say he's played. I wouldn't say he's played perfect. I. I don't know if I even go amazing. He's played. He's played pretty damn good. He's played. He's played pretty damn great this week in the NFL. What do you have? Denver Broncos. Oh lord. We blew it. We had a chance to get Caleb. We were down twenty-eight to seven. We choked it, man. Heartbreaking. Uh, but it was nice to see us come back and win. Offense has been phenomenal. Honestly, nothing nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, we are in the top half of the league in offense in terms of yards per game. 
we haven't had difficulty really scoring that that much. The defense is horrific. It is really, really terrible. Uh, but it's going to hurt if this is the game that decides our fate in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes at the end of the year. Because, again, to me, I was very adamant we should lose every single game because what is our ceiling as of right now? At best, a uh, top 20 team, right? I'm being generous with our defense. That seems to be impossible at this point in time. So I'm hopeful that this one doesn't bite us in the ass. But as a Bronco fan, it's always great to to have a W, but this was definitely my least favorite Broncos win in recent memory. Oh, I got one. All right. Uh, so do y'all remember when Calvin Johnson broke the receiver record? Absolutely. Yeah. So apparently, I was reading it up, he only had 100 yards in two of the first four games. Actually, only had 423 yards total in four games. A couple players. Still pretty great. No, no, but look, this gets funnier. A couple players who had a who have a higher receiving yards record than him at the moment. Jettis has over 100 more yards than him. Puka has over 60 more yards than him. Tyreek has about 30 more. Nico Collins has about 25. Interesting. Less. So I like this. A, right? There's about. Four players on pace. Uh, obviously, four won't uh-huh. break it. But four players, Nico, respect to him, he's breaking out. Keenan Allen okay. has to be there. Keenan Allen is a others to watch. Him okay. and A.J. Brown both have 400 yards. So yeah, there's a couple do. players yeah. that right now are on pace to break. That's a cool-ass stat. Megatron Johnson. That also goes record. to show you how dominant he turned up. Yeah. Because yeah, the first four games he was... Probably okay. He was, you know, he was, I mean, still averaged over 100 in those games. That's pretty amazing. So he only had two 100-yard games in the first four games. Yeah, that's, so that that's he, interesting. Yeah, so Jettas and probably I would say Reek. I don't know if Puka's going to be able to, you know, keep this up. But nah, I, I would say Jettas coming back. is 523 right now. He could very well break the record. But that's a, you know, that's a tall tale to go. The Bengals are 1-3 right now. And yeah, Joe that's... Burrow, nine dropped on target passes, is second in the NFL. of their drives end in points. It's second worst. 64% of drives ending in a punt or turnover. That ranks 25th. So there's seven teams worse than them when it comes to this stat. I think it's about time that the Bengals have to explore sitting Joe Burrow for a week or two. Uh Because he's clearly injured. He clearly can't plant that leg or move outside the pocket. Him being stationary is hurting the offense. And Zach Taylor not having any outs for Joe Burrow is alarming. Everything is a deeper developing concept or an intermediate developing concept. Mm -hmm. There is no out. So versus the Titans, the pass block win rate for the Bengals was horrific. It was 33%. NFL average is 56%. And in most of the plays where Joe Burrow is dropping back, there are no hots for free blitzers that are coming down. So I feel like Zach Taylor putting him out there with no outs, no protection, is just asking for him to be an Andrew Luck 2.0 type of story. Joe Burrow already got an ACL tear in his rookie season. He's been healthy to that to this point. He's had minor injuries, mm-hmm. but right now is a situation where he can suffer another major injury and the way the Bengals are handling it is very casually. And I don't think they should approach it in that manner, especially after what the Titans did to them. God forbid Joe Burrow tears his Achilles. We are going to destroy Cincinnati and their management. Yep. 
It is irresponsible what they're doing. They need to essentially put their foot down. Joe Burrow is a grown man. Yes, he he definitely has a lot of leeway in terms of whether he decides if he's going to play or not. But it needs to get to a point where we just invested $275 million into you. We made you the highest paid quarterback in the National Football League. We're not going to risk our, our investment off one season that, as of right now, it's not looking the best for us right now. You don't give us the best chance to win at this current point in time because you're injured and you can't play at the level that you've clearly showed that you can play at. It's not a, I'm not trying to slight him and, and by saying that. He's injured. When he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game. This is just one of those times where you need to take a step back, put pride aside, and sit the hell down. Because God forbid he gets hurt. The landscape of the Bengals franchise gets changed forever, honestly. Transitioning to another oh, first overall pick. Now you didn't have pick. to say anything. You cook, bro. All right. The Panthers drafted Bryson with the first overall pick. I just pick. had a feeling we were going to talk about this. C.J. Stroud yeah. is playing amazing. He is. Anthony Richardson is playing amazing. He's playing good, for sure. Definitely amazing moments. Jaw-dropping oh, moments. for sure. Clutched against the Rams. Sounds like Jordan Poole. Bryce Young. Or? Or in vibes. Was he the wrong pick for the Panthers? I guess I'll go... Uh, I won't say that he was the wrong pick um, last, let me not say last year, but two years ago, it was consensus, Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick, generational prospect. He got outplayed pretty easily in his rookie season by Mac Jones. The Patriots situation wasn't great. There was no expectations on the Patriots. He was the last quarterback selected out of the one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks selected in the first 15 picks, but he was the best. Statistically, he was the best that rookie season. Trevor Lawrence was horrendous his rookie season. But we also knew that in due part, that was due to situation. We understood the talent, the ceiling that was Trevor Lawrence. We gave him the benefit of the doubt. We didn't know that it would be immediate year two with Doug Peterson. It would immediately change the script. But I can't say it shocked us because Trevor Lawrence was Trevor Lawrence. Now we look at situation with the Carolina Panthers and it's making me cackle at the idea that they're actively shopping for a number one wide receiver. When in the trade to acquire Bryce Young, you traded away your number one wide receiver. Adam Thielen, I'll give him credit. I know this isn't a fantasy football show, but fantasy football, he's done a great job of being relevant in, in, in multiple weeks. He's not good. He's not good. He is not a good wide receiver. He can't separate. He is not He is not what he once was in the National Football League. It happens to the best of us. Father Times always wins. The offensive line's not good. Miles Sanders has been disappointing. He's not even getting... I, I think this past week we saw him get it the lowest snap percentage. He didn't even have 50% of snaps. This offense, it, it just was not a situation where you could immediately insert Bryce Young and him have success. Now, to, to go against what I'm saying, C.J. Stroud was not supposed to be this. He's been amazing. That's a testament to how great C.J. is. We give him credit for that. Anthony Richardson... He's had amazing moments. Statistically, he's been one of the most inefficient quarterbacks, but he's had big moments. As a rusher, he's one of the best rushing quarterbacks already. He's gotten to the end zone multiple times. As a passer, definitely could be a little bit more efficient, like I already mentioned, but against the Rams, two big-time touchdowns, back-to-back -to -back drives. He comes back against a solid Rams team. Although they were in a huge deficit, he still showed early on that he has that clutch gene. Bryce Young, I'm not ready to say that they made a mistake, even with CJ playing as great as he is and excelling at the most important part of, of the quarterback's position, 
and that being passing. I think that we need to give this time situation, this excuse me, this situation time uh, to develop, to form into into something. Because right now the team as a whole is terrible. I think that we owe it to Bryce to not immediately crucify him after a rookie season. When again, in the more extreme sense, with Trevor Lawrence, who was a way better prospect than Bryce, we didn't give him the benefit of the doubt. So, or we gave him the benefit of the doubt, I should say. Let's let's continue to hold that same energy until the Panthers put something around Bryce that we can at least say he should be better. Where Justin Fields, Justin Fields finally had this situation coming in where, hey, you have you have a DJ Moore now. Cole Komet's not a slouch. Chase Claypool, I get it. He's been a healthy scratch. He seems to be a headache to the team. I don't think that he's a bad player by any means. Darnell Mooney is a solid wide receiver too. Khalil Herbert's talented. Your offensive line's not that bad. We invested some capital into you with our first-round pick and bringing in Darnell Wright over there to help you out. You've struggled so far. Darnell's been strong. Darnell has been really good. As an athlete, he's a freak. Uh, You've had success against the Broncos, the worst defense in the league. You've struggled every other game since. Now where you have a situation where we can truly evaluate, now the criticism has become very fair. Bryce doesn't have that as of right now. I don't think it's, it's... it would be fair at all to Bryce to say, yeah, they made a mistake just because he's getting out, outplayed by one for sure, and two, he's he's shown moments and won some games in, in AR5 and not 15. Bryce Young deserves leeway in that he's not a bust. Correct. I think people are jumping the gun and calling Bryce Young a bust off of three games, which is unfair because the situation is not good. I think Bryson will be fine and be a good quarterback. But that being said, was it a mistake taking him number one? Absolutely it was. C.J. Stroud is better than him. He might be. C.J. Stroud is not might. He is. C.J. Stroud is off to a historic rookie season start. Amazing. One of the best quarterbacks in the league as a rookie right now. Anthony Richardson... Regardless of the completion percentage and his accuracy woes, what he brings to the table as a rusher, the throws he makes, the explosive plays he makes, he's number one in the league in explosive play rate, rate, meaning 20-plus yard throws or 12-plus yard runs. He's number one in that. First quarterback in NFL history to have four rushing touchdowns in three games. Bryce Young, as a first overall pick, I said it then, and I say it now. He was underwhelming. You're heightened. It's not about being heightened. It's not about that. It's because... Kyler Murray, when he was the first overall pick, he was short, but he was an insane athlete. Absolutely. Could have played in in baseball, in Major League Baseball. Bryce Young was not that. Bryce Young's ability to evade pressure in the pocket with better athletes has caught up to him. Bryce Young's arm strength, it's at the bottom half of the league of quarterbacks. He doesn't have a very strong arm. When we're talking about a first overall pick, you're supposed to have the physical tools that can one day make you a top five, top eight-ish quarterback in the NFL. C.J. Stroud has that. Anthony Richardson, he has that. I wanted the Panthers to take C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson off potential was my quarterback one, but C.J. and him were 1A, 1B. It didn't matter. And if I was the Panthers, I'm taking a guy with potential, and it's NFL ready now, and that's C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young is an underwhelming first overall pick. And even though I think he will be a good quarterback, I don't see special. I don't see uh, phenomenally. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see top 10 quarterback in Bryce Young. I don't. And that's the biggest knock I had with the Panthers drafting him. And the fact that they traded up to number one and reports were that they didn't even know what quarterback they were targeting yet. 
was Idiotic. mismanaged. Idiotic. Mis- they mismanaged the situation. You trade up to a spot because you know 100% the player you're taking. The fact that they had no clue and just said, you know what, we're going with Bryce, it just shows the incompetence that exists in this organization. And I don't think Frank Wright knows what the hell he's doing with this offense. It doesn't look good. I think, well, for starters, I think we kind of undervalued the Texans and their rosters and their team, like the, the players on their roster, their offense. I didn't weapons. at all. The situation coming in, I felt was better. And I, and I think, no, I think in a sense of, like, the thing I was talking about with uplifting, C.J. Stroud has come in and he gets through his progressions fast. His deep ball is fucking beautiful. He has just shown strides as a player from week to four that we've pretty much seen through the great ones, mm-hmm. like the elite of the elite. He has real top 10 potential. And I think what's helped him is, of course, his connection with his receivers. He has no offensive line right now. Like, they're banged up. And I think, like, the excuses are solid for Bryce. You know, uh, Bryce also doesn't have an offensive line. They don't have a running back for real, for real. They're receivers. They have a number three as a number one. You know, but coming into this season, you know, Bryce being the number one pick, there was a lot of expectations on him. He had to show us something. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a different case because – Urban Myers isn't Frank Wright. And Urban Myers was probably, I don't want to say that, but he was pretty fucking awful. He and Frank good. Wright is, is is no slouch as a coach. You know, he's a really good coach. But I also think Carolina, like you mentioned, they mismanaged the situation extremely. Like not going out to get a receiver, even a good young one. Like they got Mingo in the draft, but not going, not making any real moves for that offense to fully give Bryce Young the weapons he needs to just me. be good. Like the Texans went out, they got Tank Dell. Nico Collins was there. Like, Damian Pierce was there. You know, like, they they went, they went, made moves on that offense. Like, maybe it may not be big moves, but they made modest moves for their quarterback. And then on the defensive end, they was already a young, up-and-coming defense. They made some moves on that end, too. Like, they made moves, got Stroud, their guy, and now he's playing lights out. Same thing with the Colts to a degree. Like, there was already guys there. Pittman Jr. was the number one. Unfortunately, he hasn't played with JT yet, but still. You know, they got Josh Downs. They had Alec Pierre from last year. So they made moves. But this Panthers team, they haven't made any moves for Bryce Young. And I feel bad because he's such a talented player that he can't really showcase it like these other rookies can because, one, the situation is not great. Two, he's also not playing well himself. You know, you got to put it on him, too. He's not playing well. But he has shown flashes. You know, sometimes, like, I, I, there was a one play against the uh, Saints. It was third and 13. Didn't see anything. Made a run. Got a 30-yard gain. Like, he's he's shown some flash. His deep ball. He's shown some some flashes where you see some promise in him. But if they don't figure out that situation, we may never see the full potential of Bryce Young because that offensive line is dog shit. The receivers are dog shit. And unfortunately, his contemporaries, the guys he got drafted with, are already ahead of him in the game. You know, AR is already making explosive play every single week. His team is about, if they're not one, they're tied for one in the division. Same thing with the Texans. They already look like the connection with those young players, with CJ, Tank, Nico, and them boys. The connection is there. Schultz finally getting going, Schultz too. had a big game he last did. week. The defense, yeah, the defense is young. It's coming. So that team looks like next year they could take, they maybe not take over, but they could make real legit run at that title. Making me look stupid for the idea that Cardinals and them could potentially give the Cardinals number oh, one and shit, number yeah. two. The Texans are a great that. team. Bryce Young, he works the middle of the field great. He can really throw to the middle of the field. He does have limitations to him, but the offensive line is bad. The running game is bad. 
But despite that, Andy Dalton the week before threw for 361 yards and two touchdowns. Mickey Mouse Seahawks defense. They just shut down Daniel Jones. That's the worst offense in the league. (laughs) So for me, I'm looking at the Panthers and I'm saying Andy Dalton just came in and played better. Andy Dalton, I don't think that's a knock because Andy no. Dalton is an experienced player. Absolutely. He should, be, he should play better He's than a, true professional. a rookie that has started two, three games already in the NFL. I'm with you. But I do think drafting Bryce Young first was a mistake. C.J. Stroud was a better quarterback, in my opinion, had better physical tools. And Anthony Richardson, although he was raw, the tools, I mean, they pop off the screen with him. And we're look, Anthony Richardson, to me, He's going to be a superstar in this league. He's that good. And I don't even if the accuracy might be a little wobbly right now, he's going to figure this out. It this is just his second year really starting at quarterback. He's new to the position, and he already understands the nuances of it and just has a feel for it. Bryce Young, it was a mistake. He could still be a good quarterback. You think CJ would have done better in that situation? Or AR? I think CJ would have like, done better. You think AR? I think both of them do better. Uh, in AR would have done better in that situation. I think AR opens up the running game more for them. I, think I don't CJ's like just answering a better questions quarterback. like that at all. Because like, it's impossible to say, but all you can really see very honestly is just what Bryce has to deal yeah. with. It's just, not a great AR situation. AR hasn't been consistent on a play by play basis as a passer. And he already has good receivers there. So you don't think. Being in Carolina, there's nothing there for him. He, yeah, in the run game, he probably helps, but he also has to probably fight for his life as well. In two and a half games, I've I've liked what I've seen from AR, absolutely, just because of the versatility that he provides. Um, that situation's not great either. They don't even have Jonathan Taylor in there. Zach Moss has impressed last week, not so much. But overall, for situations, Anthony Richardson hasn't had that great of a situation either, and he's had some good moments Absolutely, and just because of his versatility. C.J. Stroud either. I don't think he's had this great situation. The offensive I think line's been beat up. The offensive line, I got to hear. Tunsil missed third straight yep. game. Kenyon Green, season-ending IR. I think from a weapons perspective, though, Bryce has comfortably the worst situation. For no, him. he does from a weapons perspective, but I also think the game plan and how the Panthers are asking Bryce Young to play quarterback is a testament to them not trusting him at all. Half of the plays that Bryce Young had were screen passes. When you're throwing screens at that rate, it means that you, you really just don't trust your quarterback to push the ball down the field. And Bryce Young, even on those screen games, a lot of them were televised because the defense already knew it was coming. But to me, Bryce Young, it's just from an eye test perspective, he just doesn't pop off. He doesn't pop off like a, like a first overall pick should pop off. And that's my biggest gripe with him. And to, to talk about how bad C.J. Stroud's offensive line had, or let's, let's say how battered it's been, of the rookies, CJ's by far and away been the most pressured. He's tied for most sacks, but still, by a landslide, leads the rookies in terms of total yards, in terms of touchdowns, has not turned the ball over. He's looked mint. So you have to praise CJ. Sure. It's it's That's obvious, and I can understand where if you feel as if with what you've seen so far from CJ, that's a mistake. CJ's done a good job to back you on that. He looks Borderline perfect so far to start his career, and played some pretty solid teams on that on that route as well. Uh, but I'm I'm way way this is way too early in the process for me to think that this is a just flat out mistake. I feel you, CJ looks crazy, but way too early. Four weeks, only three games into his career, I can't say it's a mistake yet. In or out week four edition, I got five I, statements here. I love this part of the show. Mike Tomlin should be on the hot seat. Absolutely not. No way, no how. Un- unless you're blaming him for actively not firing Matt Canada, which is fair. He obviously is the head coach. He has that responsibility. 
Uh, but all he's been is a model of consistency. He does have a Super Bowl in his resume as tenured with the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers. The most recent time he's been there, he did lose. Ever since, he hasn't been anything crazy. He's had some great offenses, bad defense. He's had some elite defenses, mediocre offense. This season, the offense is atrocious, but the defense continues to stay afloat aside from this past week against the Texans. He's going to find a way to go over 500. That's just what he is. I still think he's one of the better coaches. It's just a matter of finally making that decision to get rid of Matt Canada because this offense needs it. Um, I'm going to go in because I think wow. as, as great as he is as a coach, you know, as great as his longevity has been as keeping his team either mid or good or great, eventually the coaches like this end up reaching a hot seat when they they start to get outdated or when they start to, the, the game is starting to pass them. Him having Matt Canada there, Kenny Pickett there, it's not helping his case, you know, because I think defensively this is one of the best defensive units in football. But I'm going to go in because some, at some point you have to make a change and in initiative to the new world, and I think eventually they're going to do that. My thing with that is, and I'm sorry, Joel, before you go, uh, if they fire Mike Tomlin, he gets picked up immediately. He turns another team into a, it's, into a solid team. Depends on the it's situation. like Andy Reid got fired from Philadelphia after a terrible season, goes to Kansas City, immediately makes them a relevant team. They had solid pieces in place already. You could say that his first season there, 11-5. and five. Andy Reid's just too high level of a coach that you look at that move from Philly. You shouldn't have done that, even though, of course, hindsight's blown them well. They've done a great job since then. But Andy Reid was an elite coach that they decided to move on from. If you do the same with Tomlin, you better figure it the fuck out because not everyone's Philadelphia. Sometimes it's just time with somebody ends, you know? Andy Reid is a great offensive head coach. Mike Tomlin not obviously doesn't know about offense if, if he's hiring Matt Canada. And defensively, Fair. the defense hasn't been that great. It really hasn't. Mike Tomlin, when he won a Super Bowl, it was with a roster that Bill Cowher constructed. Bill Cowher won a Super Bowl um, years before mm-hmm. that. I'm in on this because... Yes, the Steelers are always 500, but they're 3-7 and seven in the playoffs since 2011. So since 2011, that's 12 years now, they're 3-7. and seven. They haven't won a playoff game since 2016. And the last three years offensively, they've been ranked 21st, 26th, and 25th. And despite that, Matt Canada still has a job, and Mike Tomlin continues to vouch for him. On top of that, in back-to-back first rounds the last two years, outside of this past draft, they have drafted Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris as first-round picks. Those players, Najee Harris is mediocre at his position, and Kenny Pickett, I don't think it's going to be anything as a starting level quarterback. Mm -hmm. So when you're drafting these players in the first round, when your offense is this putrid, when you have no playoff success since 2016, I think it's time to find better options. My thing about that 2016 team is they lost to the Denver Broncos who ended up winning the Super Bowl by a touchdown. Without Antonio, without Le'Veon. That was an amazing team, offensively and defensively. That's that's an opportunity missed out. Uh, they start the season, what was it, 11-0? Losing the first round to, to Baker and the boys over there. They were always fraudulent, though. They were. You, you, we knew that very early on. But then Ben got old. We we did see the season, uh, the year, I believe it was 2018, the year that the Patriots lost to the Eagles. Blake Bortles... And company, the defense of the Steelers was horrendous. But that offense was all-time great with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and, of course, Big Ben. That trio was unbelievable. What was that score? I think they scored, it was 42 it to... It was a 40-point shootout. So, yeah. Talk about Eagles and... No, no, I'm talking about Steelers, Steelers and Jaguars. And Jaguars. Yeah, 
That's a, Jaguar, that's a no, Pittsburgh had to come back. They were down big. They can never find consistency where the offense is great and the defense is great while they're both healthy. Where I'm talking about that 2016 team, but that year with the Killer Bees, the defense was horrible. They had no secondary. They couldn't stop the run. Anything. The defense was terrible, but the offense was great. It's something. If you want to blame Tomlin for 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 Pickett for Najee, I don't know. I find that, that uh, the GM ultimately does make those picks coach has to have some say especially when you're Mike Tomlin and you're as established as you are but it's tough to move on from a hall of fame quarterback and immediately get a new one with Kenny Pickett who we knew going in that quarterback draft class was not anything to ride home about even still Kenny Pickett was what the 20th pick overall so there was there shouldn't have been that was a shock Oh, absolutely. We we it was it was supposed to be Malik. Uh, Desmond Ritter had his name in the in the mix as well. But of course, we had Kenny Pickett being one of those guys in there. But for him to go in the first round was shocking. I I don't know. I I, I find it very hard to to sit with the fact of I'm going to blame Tomlin and and it cost him his job. When in reality, you move on from a Hall of Famer, you're going to have your years of struggle. It's going to happen. And even still, year one, he found a way to have. Whether I mean, given the fact it was minimal, but they did find success. C.J. Stroud should have been the first overall pick. And just had this conversation. I'm in on this. He's the best quarterback in his class. He's amazing. He's amazing, but it's too soon for me to say in or out. It's way too soon. Zach Wilson is turning a corner. I'm out. Mm, I'm going to say out because I need consistency. Not fooled by one game. However... Against a great defense, not a good one, a great defense in Kansas City to have that performance at home where New York teams struggle. It was amazing to see. It was exciting to see. Let's not say amazing. It was exciting to see. I would love to see him replicate, but until he proves it, I'm out. I'm in on this. Not surprised. Zach Wilson was great against the Chiefs, and versus the Broncos, he's going to be even better. He should be. And that's going to be the confidence booster that he needs to turn around his career. The whole world suddenly feels like they're rooting for him. Last year, the whole world was against him. They were making jokes about this guy. Now it's, uh, I hope Zach succeeds. And kind of like a Goku super, super power bomb, a spirit bomb. I think that's what happened to Zach Wilson around. He's just he getting got a, he got he's, all the energy. He's getting the universe's energy Please right now. Goku. And he's just ready to burst with the talent that he's been waiting to show the NFL world. Taylor Haneke should start over Desmond Ritter. Yes, in. I'm in. You, gotta, you, you need something new. You need something different. You need somebody that can actually throw the ball at an efficient rate. You can't play and football. I don't even know if it's going to be Haneke, but you need something different. You can't play football, and you're, the opposing defense knows you're not passing. And if you're passing, we have a strong chance to turn the ball over. Either that or it's not going to be complete. I'm out on this. It's your guy. And the reason I'm out on this is because Taylor Haneke gives the Falcons a better chance to win. The Falcons got to try to get a better quarterback. Oh, wow. And they got to try to, you know, Desmond Ritter, you're either sinking or you're swimming with him. It's one or the other. Mm. And if you sink, you get better at quarterback in the draft. You draft somebody True. and you get better at quarterback. I don't know. I, lo- I like this Falcons team. It's fun. It's exciting. It's it unfortunate that the quarterback is the least exciting in the league. Literally dog shit. Patriots should be in the quarterback market next offseason. I'm out. I'm out. Max the least of their problems. It really right now. depends on where they are in the draft. I mean, I'd say least. He's not the main problem. The receivers are not good. They need an upgrade. Offensive play calling, 
I, 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 I think know. I think the weapons are, I think the situation uh, on the offensive end I do think he's the least problem on that end. I do think they need to get uh, receivers, better tight ends. Respect to Ramondre, maybe somebody a, a little bit more speedy, more agile. You know, maybe a two man, a two running back core like they have with Najee and uh, Warren, but a little bit better than Najee. You know what I'm saying? Which mm-hmm. would be Ramondre. I do think Mac is the least of their worries. I think if you put a competent offense around him, some pieces, you got a defensive side, uh, you got a good defense. I think this Patriots team can be good. I'm out on this. I think eventually the Patriots should explore a better quarterback and an upgrade. But as of right now, they need to be in the wide receiver market. They need to be in the offensive line market. They need to be in all of those positions, Marcus, before they explore the quarterback. Because regardless of the quarterback they bring in, if they have the similar cast of players they have right now, they're not going to have much success either. Mm-hmm. Moving on to power rankings heading into week five. Top 10 power rankings heading into week five. Going to go 10 to six first. Number 10, I got the Chargers. Number nine, I got the Lions. Number eight, I got the Seahawks. Number seven, I got the Cowboys. And number six, the Miami Dolphins. Okay. You showed respect to the Seahawks. I res- I understand where you're coming from. They beat the Lions. They, they, so they, they deserve that spot up. Not going to say you're wrong. I still think the Lions, even though the, when they did match up, Seahawks got the better of them at the very end. But I still think the Lions have the better win overall in the season, beating the Kansas City Chiefs opening night. So at the 10th spot, I do have Seattle. Number nine, I do have the Browns still paying respect to their team, even though they did just have a bad performance against the Ravens. But a division game, Ravens have been great. Number eight, the Detroit Lions. Offense looks amazing. Defense had a solid performance in the first half. Second half, they kind of took their 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 foot off the gas. Number seven, Dallas Cowboys. And number six, Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, all right, I might be the only team... Number 10, I got the Bucks, man. Welcome to my, Whoa, top, welcome to my top 10, man. Now, the Bucks had an impressive win. Baker's been great. You got to kind of give him some credit. 3-1, and one, we, none of us seen it coming. We thought they'd be uh, one of the worst teams in the league, for yeah. sure. So, 10, I got the Bucks. Seattle jumps back into my top 10. They come in at 9. You know, beating the Giants. Giants aren't good, but still, that's a good win for them. Once again, continue to climb. 8, I got Detroit. Detroit continues to climb up in my rankings. I got to tell Drew this every time I did sleep for sure. It's okay, man. So now, uh, Detroit All's is forgiven. There. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, I still didn't forgive you saying Amara was better than Lamb, but we'll, we'll let he is. Go. Okay. He's been better this year pretty easily. Uh, Lamb hasn't had to do much. They beat teams by You're not wrong. Uh, number seven, Miami. It did take a significant drop. You know, it's one thing to lose. Getting your ass whipped like that is a pretty, pretty, pretty droppable offense. And then number six, I got Dallas. You know, Dallas maintain the cool win and dominant win. They needed to get that win back. So I got them at six. My top five teams heading into week five. Number five, the Baltimore Ravens. What Lamar Jackson did to that Browns number one ranked defense fraudulent. was impressive. Nasty. And we know the Ravens defense is an elite unit You're talking as well. Browns defense fraudulent? No, Ravens Oh, defense. interesting. Fraudulent. We'll see him again. Number four, the Chiefs. The Chiefs get dropped because they won against the Jets, but they won ugly. You could argue some help against the refs. So I got them at four. Number three, the Eagles. Best performance by their offense this season, you could say, with Jalen Hurst throwing the ball down the field, A.J. Brown. The last two weeks, their connection has been on point. Yep. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. That dominant of a win over the Miami Dolphins in the last three weeks. You can argue the Bills have been the best team in football, but number one got to be the 49ers. They're undefeated still. Pro Bowl-level roster. Everything is clicking for them. And this Sunday is going to be a huge test versus the Cowboys. Okay, coming at number f- 
I'm sorry. I, th- I forgot you didn't go. It's okay. Uh, coming at number five, uh, I do have the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, offense looked probably the cleanest it did uh, in terms of pass offense because that's what they struggle with. Defense, I still have my, my worries about, particularly in the secondary. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Offense has statistically still been amongst the top of the league, but I test they still have ways to go to reach their ceiling of how we know that they can play. Defense still has looked great. Uh, number three, Miami Dolphins. I get it. Not their best performance by any means. The defense got exposed against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, but I still believe in this team, top to bottom, offensively, amazing. Still have no doubts that they'll continue to be one of the best offense in the league, and by year's end, statistically, will be the number one offense in the game. Number two, Buffalo Bills. Honestly, could be in conversation for number one after that asking that they gave to the Miami Dolphins. It was really close between them and my number one team, the San Francisco 49ers. Ah, so number five, I got Baltimore. You know, once again, Offense put on a show against my Cleveland Browns. You know, that defense, one of the best has been. Lamar pretty much picked them apart. Number four, I got the Chiefs, like Joel mentioned. They won, but they did not look good against the Jets. You know, that defense was good, but then they got started to get carved up after the first quarter. Mahomes looked human for once, so that's something they got to figure out. Number three, I have Buffalo. You know, elite team. They went out there. They beat Miami. Great, impressive win, statement win. But my top two teams, they keep winning, so I got to keep them up there. Number two, I got the Philadelphia Eagles. Like Drew mentioned, Real. the passing offense finally looked like they got it into mm-hmm. form, had a clutch game-winning drive. But in my opinion, it should have never even been in that situation in the first place. For some reason, when they play Washington, shit bulks up. They fight to the death. Sam Howell popped. He sure did, and I knew it was going to happen. He has it, it every once every three games. I knew respect it was going to fucking happen. I Just knew respect it. him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then number one, the most dominant team in the league, the San Francisco 49ers. Been clicking on all cylinders. They have the MVP. So, of course, they're number one <laughs> That's right it. Now. Push that agenda. You have to for an hour and a half to beat. That's going to do it for episode 315 of the Pick Aside podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next time.